Hello everyone, welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 9, and the second episode of 2022. We have the full squad here, that's right, we got Josh back, can't wait to chat to him. But as always, I am Patrick and I am joined by Seth, Steve, and Josh. Say hi everyone. Hi everyone. Hey everyone. Can't wait to give my bad opinions this week. Oh boy, yeah, no, we've definitely, definitely missed those since December. Uh, right, we got a few, this is probably going to be one of those long form, talk about a couple of things a lot rather than a lot of things short but we will see how we go first topic of discussion though uh the last episode the three of us that were here ended up giving our opinions on the game of 2021 and most anticipated for 2022 but of course josh was not there so i guess josh where have you been well i mean i had to work there's not much i can do about that (laughs) and and sick as well if i'm if i'm not mistaken and sick as well yeah well i mean aren't we all sick currently in new south wales thank you um but yeah no i've just basically been i'm fully sick (laughs) yeah sick and working and not having enough leave good good vibes only gentlemen good vibes only actually (laughs) uh you know we we did actually give uh i don't remember anyone's top top three if you want to listen to them you can go back and do that but josh what what were your top three of 2021 three you could have asked me earlier uh i mean top top three probably was literally monsanto rise uh you know obviously on the switch what else came out last year that I was on my list? Oh, uh, yeah, probably Tales of Arise for what I've played of it so far. And I don't know. Some people have offered Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite wouldn't wouldn't crack my top three. What, Forza Horizon some 5. Names. What else came out? Forza, yeah, Forza. Absolutely Forza. Yeah, there's your three. I was going to say, I know he played Metroid Dread, but I know he only did like an hour or so of that so i wasn't sure where he stood on that oh no no i played like five or six hours and then i got terribly lost and i just haven't picked it back up oh yes the curse of the metroid in the grand scheme of things that was only an hour into the game <laughs> if I, yeah that's that's how i play metroid a four-hour detour <laughs> off the beaten path and you're like oh no I've, I've, it's it's gone too far <laughs> I, i've seen enough time to stop yeah time, time to burn it down and start again i actually realized where i was supposed to go continued and then picked up the game and was like oh cool and i'll continue that later now that i know where i need to go and I haven't just picked it up again yet. Too much Monster Hunter. Someone has eaten the breadcrumbs that I left for the trail, and now I am horribly lost. Yeah, effectively. That is fair enough. And most anticipated for 2022? Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> no. Oh, yo, no way. <laughs> Boy, do I have news for you. It's out. <laughs> it's out, yeah. Uh, most anticipated... Ooh, that's, that's a tricky one, actually. I, I kind of offered a cop-out of uh, the, the Dawnbreak DLC for Monster Hunter Rise, uh, alongside Saints Row. Sunbreak. Sunbreak, thank you. Uh, I knew it was one of them. Yeah, Sunbreak. And, um, and of course, uh, Arceus, which we are recording the day before it releases. I don't really have a lot of interest in Arceus, despite being a Pokemon game and me simping Pokemon week on week so far. I think probably Elden Ring would be up there. See, that's interesting, because that actually didn't make Seth's list, even though, jo- uh, what am I saying, Steve and I both thought that it would. Yeah, I'm just a big Square Enix shill. Total, Total War Warhammer 3 would as well. Oh, Gran Turismo 7, actually. Gran Turismo 7. Gran Turismo yeah, and that 7. comes that. out in March as well, so it's yeah. pretty close. Oh, or Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Ooh, I there, actually completely... That, that's such a good call. I completely forgot that that was this year. What about Starfield? Starfield comes out this year. We're excited about that, uh, aren't we? I don't have faith in it coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, so does Temtem. Don't worry about it. No, I'm, I'm also on board for Kirby. Yeah, no, Kirby's probably my most anticipated, actually. <laughs> that was so like... rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to Starfield. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it'll come out this year. I think it'll be delayed, sadly. Yeah, see, I thought the same thing about Final Fantasy 16. I don't think that's making it this year, but I still put it in my most anticipated for this year. 
Yeah, that's that. That'd be another one, but I also think that's going to be delayed. Yeah, we we talked about why that might be delayed last week, though. Yeah, fair we enough. did, which of course Josh went back and listened to, and Josh can uh, can give us the quick recap on. As of recording, it only just came out, so I haven't. <laughs> I, I will listen to it. Though. Uh, that's all fine. The other thing that I wanted to do before we get into the uh, core of the of of this week's show is this is the first episode in 2022 that we're all together. I, I figured it would be fun to take five minutes and just walk down memory lane of 2021 with, with our greatest hits, if you will. Uh, does anyone have any fond memories of episode one? Please, please let me talk about uh, talk about Zorua. I mean, all I got to do was talk about Pokemon. So yeah, 10 out of 10. That's just what I want. <laughs> was a pretty good episode. Our, our inaugural episode, because the, the real pilot will never, ever see the light of day. <laughs> That's the true best episode. The forbidden best episode. <laughs> <laughs> when we... When we do the reunion in 20 years. It's too good to put out into the internet. It is. Uh, I have fond memories of episode two, the Forza Horizon Power Hour, and that the one hour, I don't, I, I think we actually only talked about Horizon for one hour, but that episode was three and a half hours long. Yeah, that was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah was after that we definitely decided to make some cutbacks on things we did you can definitely see the evolution because the the amount of time uh in you know episode two being three and a half hours to a very measly two hours ten minutes for episode three infinite bug spray where we discussed quite a bit about halo infinite and that's that's when i think we really started isolating the format i think that was that was the the show that we started putting all the pieces in place would you guys agree yeah, 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 I'd say yeah, that makes sense. Episode three, episode four is about where. I, actually, I'd say episode five is where we start to really hit our strive, a uh, stride, our yeah. guilty gear yeah, strive. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, you're right. Of <laughs> uh, course, we had we had excellent Pokemon chats through um, episode four. Pokemon gives you what you deserve, uh, as well as I think five, six, and a little bit of seven. <laughs> <laughs> just lots of lots of Pokemon chat. Yeah, it's around the time. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. It's just such a great game. We're talk- still talking about it now. Yeah, yeah. And we had what was actually quite a good discussion on kind of, you know, it's an old game. And when you bring it back up to date, what do you include? What do you change? You know, keep it fresh, but also stay true to the roots. Yeah, that was that was quite a good. Uh, I think we all had something something interesting to, to give to the discussion on that one, which was cool. Uh, of course, the next episode was uh, Tim Tam Slams Mr. Zircon when we realized that uh, it's very easy to uh, pad out the start of the show like I'm doing right now, <laughs> but with food <laughs> and discussions about food between Australia and New Zealand where we reside. It wasn't just the start of the episode, it was also the middle of the episode. Yeah, we made yeah. a lot of random food tangents through that one, huh? <laughs> God, Tim Tams are good. Yeah, uh, we started talking about floats for some reason in the middle of that. That's right. Yeah, and, and, and that's when we really hit Australia, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right after the floats, it was yeah, all the, the, the float chat was where we really started getting it going. God, I could go with the float right now. Oh, you, you, want, you want to grab one for me while you're out? Yeah, I'll just quickly grab one with homemade soda. Home, oh, homemade even. Yeah, I went out to brunch yesterday and they were selling ho- homemade soda with um, like with essentially floats. But it was like $12 and I'm like, you know what? No, thanks. Was it a local business? Uh, as in a gentrified business, yes. There's everything in the inner west. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, uh, episode six, the open world lounge. Was that the one that Josh Josh wasn't there for? Yeah, I believe he wasn't there for that one. Open world, probably not. No. Yeah, that was when I just whinged about open worlds for about an hour. It definitely was a while. And that's also when we discovered that when Josh is away, it becomes very easy to just derail Seth over and over again. <laughs> that's right. That was one with like Final Fantasy. Like everybody was like, oh no, it takes four years to get in. Just leave it on in the background. Yeah. And Dragon Ball The Breakers and how Seth was totally willing to just shell out for that game after we all just collectively <laughs> shat on it for like 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I still stick by that. I'd buy that game. It was pretty fun. <laughs> $80. <laughs> for that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
maybe. <laughs> I don't know anymore. That's more than I spent on like any game in the last like two years. And and some would call that the uh, the the prequel arc into the continuation of the Final Fantasy fourteen chat, which was the final episode of twenty twenty one. Uh, you cannot buy Final Fantasy fourteen, which. I think that was that that one everyone everyone had a lot of energy in that episode and all of it was weirdly directed at Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> and as of recording like 2 days ago you can now buy Final Fantasy 14 so you know off you go. Yeah, we have come full circle. What a time to be alive. Is it now but it's it's not out on Xbox though. So us Xbox aren't we don't feel too good. No, but but the Australian servers are open so Australians feel good. Yeah. That that connection excellent. What about the Australian Xbox players like me? You get nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you get what you deserve. Do you have Game Pass? Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of games on Game Pass. A very big backlog. Halo Infinite. Then, then, then just see, then see see the title. You cannot buy Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> it's in the name. Uh, <laughs> some of us still can't buy it. So, <laughs> some of us still can't read. The so the um, the the final. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Rats. Steve. the the final uh, the final thing I wanted to ask. Uh, obviously, the point of this podcast is that we just kind of chat about what we've been doing for the week. But what I'd be curious to know, let's say, well, you know, ba- based on facts, we know that this podcast reaches millions of people around the world, which is which is sick. Um, stats might not be accurate, but you know, we we can all claim that. Let's say we have the the audience of millions of people. What is the game from, particularly from last year, that we think that we shilled the best, or the game that someone listens to that episode and they go, "Yeah, I really want to buy that game as a result." Deep Rock Galactic, because I bought I, it. <laughs> that's kind of. I was actually thinking that too, or I, I shilled it, uh, probably a little too hard and a little bit too early, sort of pre- prematurely shilled it in the in the context of the format when we're just getting going. But uh, what about you, Seth and, Seth and Steve? What do you think? I half agree with that, but I also think Far Fantasy fourteen. We we dug into that pretty well in the past couple of episodes, and I think we might have been able to get someone interested. It sounded like I got you and Steve interested in it. Yeah, it was always like a, an interest that I had in the back of my mind, but yeah, this is, it's just it's so big to the point where like everyone's playing it. And if you've got a game, like an MMO especially, to the point where they're like, all right, we're full, we're literally not selling the game anymore, like that's very big indicator of how good a game actually is yeah it's uh, that's that's an excellent endorsement of a game right there yeah nothing makes you want to buy a game than not being able to buy it <laughs> it just drives the price up higher see looking at you crypto <laughs> we're not talking about crypto <laughs> not lately no, not we're, yeah, we're not talking not. about that it's only a loss man. if you take out uh, everybody hold everybody hold we'll go to the moon <laughs> <laughs> drop like 50 percent. i thought we weren't talking about crypto and now we've got an investor in here <laughs> So what you want to do, right, is you want to put all your oh, money no. in and you want to go to cash converters for a 7.5% per week loan. Because crypto on average... <laughs> per week. You're going to see those gains back in 10 to 15 years. There's, there, are, there are loan sharks listening to this that are just salivating at the sound of that. Oh no, they're taking my legs again. Per week. <laughs> yeah. Oh they no, they'll take my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's cool. I, yeah, thank thank you for joining me down the this quick trip down memory lane. But I just I figured you know we got we got we got the gangs all here. Um, the start of something great, and it's kind of cool to look how look look from where what we started from and look where we are now. It's nice looking back. Shall we go into around the lounge? That sounds fine by me. I'll take that one yes as a resounding yes from the other two. Uh, shall we start with Josh? Just because I have a prediction as to what your week would have well. 
since the last episode, but also sort of since last week, looks like. But what have you been up to? Um, so I've I've played a, a very small amount of Yu-Gi-Oh, which I guess we'll get into a little bit later. Um, I've been playing a game called Hell Let Loose, which I think was actually, it was either the PS Plus game last month or the month before. Um, but it's like basically a World War II uh, combat sort of, I wouldn't say simulator, but it's less arcadey than a lot of other gun games. And you sort of have like people that do logistics and other bits and pieces, and you can drive armor and... Um, you drop supplies and whatnot and you actually run like an actual battlefield and there's, they're based on maps, which is really cool. So if anyone's really into World War II shooters, I would highly recommend that. But honestly, to get into it would be to bring up a graph of everything you need to do. So uh, expect a learning curve. Um, the other thing I've been doing is just insane amounts of time in Monsanto Rise, which was, so, so to anyone's surprise, no. But is it a great game? Yes. <laughs> We will absolutely be joining you for that discussion and will likely be one of the large pillars of what people can expect from this episode. So, what about you? What, do you, what have you been up to this week? So, uh, also been on Monster Hunter Rise, which is why it's going to be one of the large pillars, but I'm also going to say that Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel will be another pillar because I put a decent amount of time into that game. According to Steam, I've put almost 17 hours into it. And would, would, your, would your gut reaction be that that was a good 17 hours spent? Or are we going to hear you rant about how you wish you would have had 17 hours back? No, I think it was fairly good. I do have one minor complaint, but it's a massive complaint for me specifically. But um, no, it's it's a fairly decent game so far, and we'll get into that later. Sweet. And Steve, last and debatably not least, uh, what have you been up to this week? I've also been believing in the heart of the cards and getting my game on with Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Um, I'm trying to finish up Persona 4, but I completely forgot that that game is a bajillion hours long uh, and i've been getting into yakuza 4 to the sequel to yakuza 3 which i shielded last week oh no way three comes after four? Oh, i've been misled well actually three is before four te- so <laughs> zero is the first one so one is technically the oh, did s- i say three becomes after four? Oh, i'm a fool <laughs> that's it you're <laughs> off you're out big fella i remember my first time counting yeah. i can't read you can't count <laughs> yeah. you've been back for less than 20 minutes and you're already gone I'm still very tired. <laughs> and on that nice uh, hostile note, uh, that shall conclude Round the Lounge. Um, I think we should first start with something that Steve left off his Round the Lounge list, and that is the phone update, the running uh, news story <laughs> that just keeps on getting... Well, <laughs> call it a meme if you want. It is someone's phone. I mean, you know, let's not, let's not be trivial about this. But what's the, what's the latest on your phone there, Steve? I completely forgot. Um, so last week I left us with the fact that I got a text message from the retailer saying, come pick me up. Um, me being the phone. The actual retailer they're talking about. I went down like... <laughs> it's just some guy like, please hold me. I went, <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the retailer's kids at school and they're wondering where their dad is and they're just like, oh, let's just text Steve. I, th- I he, thought he, it was he'll, the he'll whole shop front. I had to take it. I've been digging for ages to get the foundations out and I was just going to pick that up. Um, no, but anyways. See, I, I thought it was just that poor cashier you were digging into last week. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, don't listen to him. <laughs> don't worry, she doesn't listen. Uh, <laughs> um, so essentially, last week I left off with like, getting a text from the retailer saying, come pick your phone up, big fella. And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to walk down, pick it up, drove myself a bit of a walk, a bit of sunshine. So I trotted down. The whole way down, I'm like, all right. Get yourself ready, Steve. You might have to raise your voice at some poor retail employee if he starts charging you to fix your phone that's busted. Um, so it's a, it's a good 40-minute walk from my place to the retailer. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Got to get your 10,000 steps in. Uh, so I get there. I'm like, hey, big fella, uh, can I pick up my phone? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll just get someone to bring it up for you. 
And I'm waiting. And then I'm waiting. And I look back at the, the guy and he's like, yeah, he's coming. I, I swear he is. Like, I'll just call him again. Wait and then wait and then wait. And about like 20 minutes passes. And by this time, I'm like, all right, like maybe it's time to cut it quits. But then he comes and he's got like a really big box of let's just like phones. And he puts it down in front of me and he says, all right, which one's yours? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like all of them. And he's like, oh, yeah, good one. Yeah, never heard that one before. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Um, so, yeah, so I got my flip back, my Samsung Flip 5G. They didn't charge me at all. But as soon as he handed it back in my hands, he's like, oh, yeah. So we fixed it. At, like, it's just not really a fault, but it was just sort of a bit fragile. And you might have been a bit rough with it, but it's fine. I'm like, oh, I'm not really that rough with it, but whatever. And I'm like, oh, can I just return it to get my money back and buy a different phone? And he's like, no. Like, once you've gotten it repaired, you can come back and get it repaired within 12 months, but you can't refund it. And I'm like, rats. Um, so that's a bit unfortunate. So, but it was a semi-good ending. I got my phone back. It's It works. I, put, I bought a case for it as well. Uh, and because I was in a good mood on the way home, I treated myself to two Krispy Kreme donuts and a milkshake. So it was, without a doubt, the best ending. What sort of donuts were they? Oh, <laughs> Krispy Kreme, weren't you listening? <laughs> no, like, were they, were they <laughs> white? Oh, I, I meant the flavour <laughs> of the oh. original glazed or icing. Um, I, or strawberry I got um, one original glazed, which is um, probably the best flavour. And then I got one, uh, I think, nah, it's that, what's that new chocolate that's come out? Caramel filled. It was caramel filled. Damn. Oh yeah. It was pretty good. And I got. I, I, I like to imagine that that Seth was just zoning out and wanted to seem really interested and just asked a question. <laughs> the last thing he heard, like, donuts. Yeah, yeah. What flavor? What flavor? Well, arguably that's probably the most important <laughs> bit of the roasted. story. It was like, yeah, it was. Krispy <laughs> Kreme yeah. is great. What kind of what kind of milkshake did you get? Chucky, <laughs> chucky milkshake. But as soon as I ordered it, right. So they had a deal. It's like you get two donuts and a chucky milkshake for like nine bucks. And I'm like, there we are. Love it. That's actually not too bad. But then like, so I look up the board and I'm like, oh, I could have gotten a two donuts and they call it a crispy shake um and i don't know what that is but i get the feeling it's like just blended donuts um for like 11 bucks and i'm like four all right they, they, they just they, they they make the milkshake for you and then they deep fry the entire milkshake both of them still cost less than the float that you bought how does that make you <laughs> feel? i didn't buy the float though i didn't buy the float <laughs> but yeah so it was arguably it was ending a the best ending and it was the canon ending the canon and ooh. Uh, is, is it set up for a sequel, though? No, I don't think so. I got the phone. Phone's all good. Got the donuts. I ate the donuts. There might have been, like, a, an after-credits cut scene of, like... Did you guys ever watch that? Oh, what was that show? Oh, it was Moses Jones? No. No, I've heard of it, though. I didn't. No? Uh, f- well, the joke's just gone. But essentially, it's like... It's a it's like an animation of the, this guy's insides, and he takes a bite out of... And he gets a lot of germs in there. It's, look, the joke's completely fucked. Look, to be fair, it's only a joke if it's funny. <laughs> You, as long as you laugh at your own. Poor man alone. <laughs> Let him just enjoy his Krispy Kreme donuts and his not quite crispy, but still probably quite good milkshake and peace, Josh. Jesus. But yeah, so long, yeah, long story short, phone's good, got a case, got donuts. Mwah. Molto bene. Are you going to do a second playthrough on a higher difficulty? No. <laughs> I've, I've done it. I've got the, the, the... You don't want to do expert mode negotiation? <laughs> Hardcore mode. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it again. We're not going through it again. I'd... Just, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the ending. I don't feel the need to do a, a 100% no-hit run. I personally can't wait for the Telltale Games spinoff. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm just expecting that, that he'd just save Scummer's way into getting the employee to pay for his milkshake, <laughs> but... <laughs> well, maybe the sequel... Maybe when Pollywood picks it up, I can be played by Chris Pratt. Oh, you just killed everything in the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, shall we talk about Yakuza 4 quickly? Though? Yeah, I'll just do a quick one of this. Um... 
So I finished Yakuza three last week, so I jumped straight into Yakuza four to thought the to to sort of keep the good vibes going. It's pretty good. It's much better than three. Um, it doesn't swap between Okinawa and Kamurocho as much. Well, actually, it doesn't swap between it at all. And you're you're essentially playing instead of playing the the character Kazuma Kiryu, you're playing a split between four characters, and you're sort of exploring their sort of. Oh, I get it. Four characters for Yakuza. Yeah, congratulations. And you, man, I'm not sure, but how many characters do you reckon? Solve the mystery. (laughs) How many characters do you reckon Yakuza Five has? Oh, I think there's five. Yeah, thank you. Spot on. Spot on. Oh. Um. So hopefully, I finish. It just takes a lot of time because there's a lot of cutscenes that just sort of like replay the same thing. Wait, 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 Steve, Steve, ask Josh about Yakuza Six. I know that he doesn't have more than five fingers. I want to see if he can work this out. (laughs) How many characters are in Yakuza Six? Uh, I think three is higher than six. <laughs> Let's go with three. Well, you're wrong. It's one. Well, how many characters are in Yakuza Zero? <laughs> Yakuza Zero? Oh, I know shit. there's two. <laughs> I've played Yakuza Zero. It's two. Um, I, I think two. <laughs> just in case. Uh, yes, yeah. So, uh, the long story short, like, Yakuza 4 is pretty good. Like, if you... I don't reckon you have to play any of the previous ones to sort of get it. It sort of exists sort of... Fairly, like, self-contained yeah, kind of deal. Yeah, it's very self-contained. Like, it, they, they do reference previous things that have happened, and that you might get a bit overwhelmed by the amount of characters they throw at you, but that's just sort of the way they sort of do it anyway. And even I played 0, 1, 2, and 3, and now up to 4. Like, it's... I know the main characters, and that's it. And I know the main plot points, and that's it. So, yeah, I, yeah, about halfway through it, it's pretty good. Probably have finished that up next week if I get to it. And at this point, being played halfway through, out of 10, what would you give it? Probably a six. Um, That's not a four. Yeah, because Yakuza 3 got a four. Uh, and Yakuza <laughs> 4 is a six. Boy, I love doing math problems when I review video games. <laughs> yeah, like, it's good. It's all It's all right. I probably enjoy it a lot more because, like, I'm like pretty immersed in the Yakuza sort of series. But if I didn't have the love for it, I'd probably find it a bit frustrating because some of, like, the chase sequences and the a lot of back and forth running between, like, fetch quests. This can be a bit annoying so i can see why yeah other sure like it but if, if you're into yakuza and you haven't played for give it a give it a bell it's on game pass um yeah so i'll leave it at that but sweet but oh was it, i know i was gonna yeah what's 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 the well, butt no the butt is show us the butt the butt is is it's time to duel with Yu-Gi-Oh master duel that came out last week now this is you completely butchered what could have been a great Yu-Gi-Oh opening <laughs> you're like it's time to duel in the most passive voice <laughs> And there was only one duel. It wasn't like a remix of 20 of them back to back. Yeah, exactly. You can fix it up in post, right? Yeah, I was going to say, Seth, you just want to... Uh, <laughs> can we just cut his voice like... Yeah, no, 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 stick, <laughs> stick, stick some side chain on that little no, bit. No, what I, sh- I should have said is, oh boy, would you look at the time? It's time to duel. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then we go, what time is it, Steve? Time to duel. Hey, there we go. Hey. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get it in now. Yeah, we'll get yeah. it in. We can re-record. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it in. What do I care? Um, oh, man. You guys are asking too much of me. <laughs> what do you mean? You're perfect. All the other edits have been amazing. I need a pay rise. They have been. They have been. Well, when we, when um, we start getting paid, oh. we'll talk about it. Quick. You need a pay rise or you need to play rise? <laughs> quick, quick, quick. T- shut that up. That was a good quick one. tangent, though. Um, favorite. Don't one. encourage him. Favorite, favorite, favorite. Uh, Seth Appreciation Minute. Favorite edit from 2021. Wow. Just silence. <laughs> oh god! A- My favorite edit was the uh, the profile picture change from the, on our podcast last week <laughs> with the Spider Man outfits. Yeah, that was last week, twenty twenty one. Come on, man. Oh. I, I, I liked the Futurama edit. Yeah, that, that was, was my favorite. That, that is oh, actually my yeah, favorite yeah, one. Oh, yeah, that was my favorite no, too. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say was my favorite. Yeah, you want to jump in anymore? No, but I... <laughs> We're all cool, like Patrick. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> Listen, a good, a good Futurama joke always lands. 
Just like the, that. Do, thing. do a right. flip. Okay, <laughs> so right, so Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel, right? Um, so this came out. Yeah, go this on. came out last week. It's free to play. It's pretty much on all platforms. Wait, is it actually for? Actually, I did not know. Was it free yeah, to play? It's free to play. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a it's a gacha game, but Konami fucked up, and we'll get into that yeah, later. Like, okay. Well, then how about we get into it right now? Like, it's very easy to sort of run the gems. So, of like with all these type of things, there's like a currency that they sort of like drip feed it to you when you complete challenges, and then you get the currency. I don't know about drip compared to how much you get at the start yeah. of the game. Well, they're very generous about how much they give you at the start yeah, of this which... game. And then they and then they like turn the turn the water pipe off or Not really. I haven't felt yeah. the water pipe go off on this one actually. So they're just generous the whole way through. No, it's because um when you do rank stores you also get uh currency from your wins. And uh, with how much they give you at the beginning, uh it's very easy to just either make a deck you want or a meta deck. But then Hell, so you can make two decks win. or maybe three decks with how much they give you. So you could make a deck for fun and then a meta deck to grind out currency. But then at the same time there's also So it's a it's a it's a trading card game, right? Like you you eventually will collect all of the cards you need to make your own deck, I'm assuming. Well, you can't trade the cards in this one, so, so it's I don't just know. a card game. <laughs> it's just a card it's game. Just a CG. <laughs> it's just a card game. I mean, I mean, you by by dismantling the cards you don't want and then crafting the ones you do want, you're kind of trading. I guess. So cr- Call it trade and, off. And the trade the, the trade value is actually pretty good. It's uh, trading in three cards to get one you want, which isn't too bad. That's not bad. Is that the same rank though? Like, does it need to be like three ultra rares? To yeah, get yeah, same rare? rank. So it's got to be like three normals to craft a normal you want, or three ultra rares for an ultra rare you want. That's if it's bad. a shiny, then that's uh, just two of them rather than three. And that's probably like. And yeah, so a rarity. Sorry, just uh, it's been so long since I've like touched my. I probably still have Yu-Gi-Oh cards in my parents' house, but uh, well, I don't remember there being a, a split in terms of rarity. Like, is like uncommons like the the combo cards, or like what what defines like an uncommon or a rare? Uh, it's usually about whether they're a staple piece in a certain deck or a highly sought after card. So like a dark. So it's more like demand-based rarity rather than like card-based rarity. No, no, they're card-based rarity as well. Yeah, so Dark Magician is an ultra rare, and that's like a that's a special that's got a lot of um decks that can run it well. But it's it, by itself, it's just a very regular card that doesn't doesn't play well in old Yu-Gi-Oh decks. To be honest, you you have to make a deck that runs around it to get it out onto the field. But um, because it's because it's highly sought after because of its popularity and because it does have a few themed decks it can run with, they put it in a ultra rare category. Same with the blue eyes. Yeah, they've got that whole weird new blue eyes deck now, like the blue eyes max chaos or whatever it was. There's always a new blue yeah. eyes deck. <laughs> it doesn't stand up against the might of my galaxy eyes deck. Oh, mwah. I'm on like a nine win streak at the moment. I'm like gold rank five, whatever that means. That's not a dragon made. I don't know what that means. I, I'm slightly higher. I got to gold rank four last night. Well, I was night. trying to play this afternoon so I could beat you before the podcast, but they were undergoing maintenance. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Life is pain. And, and yet he still showed up late to the recording. Crazy. I had boxing. I'm training for my fight with Jake Paul. <laughs> I'll fight him for his. <laughs> the running joke continues. I'll yeah. fight him for his Charizard card. <laughs> Which turned out to fight be him fake. for the one point five million dollars of like whatever. Yeah, 1. 5 the Scott first Pokemon edition cards Pokemon cards he got. That's right. Shit. Yeah. Didn't he open them when they were like a complete? Yeah, it was a couple game? of like football <laughs> cards and Digimon cards. They just completely like. <laughs> Hell Imagine yeah! Imagine opening a box of Pokemon cards and just fighting Digimon and being like, I don't know the difference. <laughs> no, 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 but no, no, but but think about it. Somewhere out there is a guy that went to open like a, a thing of football cards and he got a first edition Charizard. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Throw, tears it up and throws. Yeah, it in exactly. The That's not Ronaldo. <laughs> K down the drain. Um. So I I realized that the three of you guys have played this and I haven't. So I'm trying to think of the best way that we can discuss it rather than people just going point by point because that's just going to get a bit chaotic. 
So uh, I guess it would be interesting to know for me not having played it. Uh, I was around when all my friends were playing Hearthstone and I was around when, I guess now, most of my friends are playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Is it a... Is it based on a particular... Because obviously Hearthstone isn't a physical card game. Is the Yu-Gi-Oh game that is being played... Sorry, I got a Windows notification that butchered my sentence. Oh, let me try that again. Um, the the Yu-Gi-Oh game that you're playing, is that based on a certain meta? Are there certain cards that, like... It's, it's based, based on, on the OCG, which is a Japanese version of the card game. So they're running with the uh, rule sets that they have. But weirdly enough, they have some uh, Western exclusive cards mixed in there. So it's kind of like a midwix between a, a weird mix between the Japanese version of the game and the US version of the game. But at the same time, um, where was I going with this? Wasn't Duel Links the same though? Wasn't that the OCG? Duel well? Links was. Duel Links was kind of based on speed duels while being. Yeah, OCG. and it was different because they sort of mm. staggered their releases. Like they started with Duelist Kingdom, and then went to Battle City, and then went to Yu Gi Oh GX, and then Five Ds, and so on. And so imagine forth. making your game go downhill. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I remember I remember what um I was going to say um. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't have uh, rotations or matters or anything. It's just every card is available to use. So just every card from set one to whatever the current set is is available in. Okay, this now game. explain the forbidden, limited, and semi-limited list. Ah, uh, forbidden <laughs> is you're not allowed to use those cards. Uh, semi-limited is uh, um two cards. Limited is one card. Wait, wait. So and you said is free. You said all cards from whatever set to whatever set are available, except the cards on the forbidden list. Yes. Well, the forbidden list is just like cards released in those sets, but you're not allowed to use them in the rule set. Like so. So you can play you can play matches that are like oh yeah the forbidden cards are allowed in the game and they're oh, available to use. Okay. But gotcha. Going into ranks, the forbidden cards are forbidden. And usually they do a cycle of which cards are forbidden and which cards are limited and which cards are semi-limited like so your, your old favorites like monster reborn um and ray jerky and uh, harpy's feather duster they all used to be forbidden and then they've sort of been rotated out so now they're only limited so you can have one in their deck and that's sort of as the yeah, so fucked that monster reborn is limited that's that also just it seems like a weird... i'm running it it's <clears> good I, don't... I am also running it it's too yeah. good not oh, yeah, to everybody use. else yeah. is using it so you've got to use a type of thing yeah that that's that's expected but that's that's Odd to me that it sounds like they have a meta where rather than shifting the meta by balance changing some of the cards, they just rotate what can and can't be in the deck. Is that is that like an effective way of balancing a card game in your Not eyes? really, because they keep introducing a lot more different types of cards. So when was the last time that you sort of played the card game? What's the anime, Pat? That... Ooh. Okay, so if, if I said that, that's been a while. If I said the word primary school. I, okay, so then, so you probably wouldn't even be familiar with like synchro summoning or XE summoning. Then, so uh, pendulum no. summoning. I, I'm, I'm good with like sacrifice summoning and whatever the one that uses polymerization yeah, is, summon, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah, so they've started bringing up more different types of cards. So there's synchro summoning, XE summoning, link summon, and pendulum summoning, and essentially it just comes to how many monsters you can get on the field and sort of combining them. It's also just making uh, monsters stronger as the game goes on to incentivize people to buy the packs. But um, so yeah, it's a it's a weird type of power creep that sort of just has like doubled and doubled and doubled. And so instead of like removing a card from a set, they just bought out a card that either counters it or is just like infinitely better, so people would go through that way. Or in the last five years, they started introducing cards that are just straight up. This cannot be targeted by card effects. Yeah. So, Monster effects, trap cards, and spell cards can't target it, which just means you got a very strong monster out on the board that they your opponent just has to try and 
get higher attack damage than it does. Which is what my deck does. And and all of these cards are available in what's now the I don't know the the free to play TCG. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Every card, ev- most every card you can think of is in there, which is where I'm going to come in with my minor complaint, which is a major complaint to me. They don't have Magi Magi Magician Gel, which is the XZ's version of Dark Magician Gel. I fucking love that card, and it's not in here for some reason. Where is she, Konami? <laughs> it's because Sims like you don't want her, so they, they'll put it in later as some like limited pack, calling it now. They probably will, because she was a limited <laughs> release in Japan as it was. I think she was with Shonen Jump magazines. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I just want Chaos Emperor Dragon to be unbanned. It never will be. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So, that's fucked. I hate that cut so much. <laughs> so let, let, me, let, me, let me just translate this into, the into something that I am more familiar with. So if I if I play, I don't know, if, if I jump into VGC right now, I'll have a pretty good understanding of what the VGC meta is. But if I jump into, say, Showdown, it'll be, it'll be split out into, like, these are cards that everyone uses. So it's called the Overused tier, and then we've got, like, the Never Used, um, you know, PU, all the other ones. So... Is that just a single... Like, if you go play ranked right now, is that always against a single... Uh, is 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 the ranked game that you would go and play right now always with the same lists of forbidden, limited, and semi-limited cards? Or yeah. Always yeah. the same list, yes. But- and so that would rotate, what, like, weekly or whatever the time whatever the time scale is? Probably every few y- months. Yeah, it, it rotates based upon, like, okay, we think this deck is too strong due to people using it this way or whatever, so we'll add these cards. Maybe these cards have been banned for too long and they're not strong enough to be banned anymore. We'll take those out kind of thing. It's just, like, balance patches. It just seems it just seems weird to me that if, if you've got such power creep to the point where all of the recent cards are just outright better than the other cards that you would never use the older cards. A lot of the... So, because Yu-Gi-Oh! functions on, like, an archetype, usually, usually cards that were potentially not so good in a deck are suddenly relevant again because there's a deck that now works really well with them based upon like the effects so like for example if you're building a dragon deck right yeah you you may never use certain dragon cards but then maybe this one dragon card that had no real use in meta suddenly becomes amazing because it now works in this way that with this card effect from another card so yeah it's 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 odd there's the cards never for the most part just go completely stale like they usually keep rotating in new things for them. Is Toon World this a card? Also- Toon yeah. World is a card, yes. Is. This it also kind of leads it good naturally into another topic, which is how they handle their gacha system. Yeah, actually, yeah, no, we didn't even discuss that. Yeah, tell us about that, Seth. So, uh, you can spend a hundred gems to open up one pack, or um, a thousand gems to open up ten packs, and they have um free generic uh, they have free generic uh packs that you can open at the moment. But if you get a ultra rare or a special rare of um, certain archetypes, they start unlocking secret packs specifically for those archetypes. So what ended up happening for me and what got me hooked into the game right away is that one of the first 10 packs I pulled, they gave me a Blackluster Soldier card, which uh, opened up the secret pack shop for Blackluster Soldier decks and cards around that which I ended up pumping uh, 3,000 gems into that. All of these are free, by the way. I, I've, I've opened a shit ton of packs in this game by now, and I haven't spent a single cent on it. I've also... I was terrified you would say $3,000 instead of gems. But... <laughs> pay $80 for Dragon Ball. Okay, cool. Oh, we better not dox him. <laughs> That's all right. My, my heart rate is slowly, is slowly returning to normal. Uh, please continue. So yeah, with uh, with the 30 packs I opened up, I've made a semi-decent uh, Black Luster Soldier deck. I got into the silver ranks with it fairly... It, it took a, a lot of work with that deck. It wasn't very good. And then I was just like, you know what? I want to build a Dark Magician deck. That's the deck I really like. 
So uh, you can go in and uh, so by opening the packs, you can uh, get those secret, uh, secret packs. But you can also get them by crafting uh, ultra rares or special rares from the cards deck menu. So what I did was I crafted a Dark Magician card, which let me go out and buy secret packs based on Dark Magician cards with a bunch of bunch more gems that I had left over. And by then I was able to make a Dark Magician deck that works fairly well. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So if if there's a specific theming deck you want to go with, just go with the abundance of uh, materials you have or just get rid of a bunch of junk you're not using, buy one card from that uh, uh, archetype you want and then you can just pump all your gems into it because the game's very lenient with how many gems it's giving you at the moment. Yeah, and you get like what I think it's two... Is it 2,000 or 5,000 gems just for like their first sort of month that they're sort of... I, I got closer to like 8,000. 8,000? 8, okay, it's probably that then. I, I, yeah, I had over like 8,000. 80 packs there. Yeah. I think I've opened like 110 packs by now. I've just stopped opening packs. Like I've got my deck. I'm done. Like it's... Now that I've got the two decks I'm using, I haven't opened up anymore. So a, a question for you then. A bunch of dragon then on the, sorry, finish your point, Seth, and then I'll, then I'll interject with a question. I was also going to say that um the battle pass is 600 gems, oh, which is course nothing at the moment. Yeah, ask, but yeah, of course there's a battle pass. The battle pass in this is so bad, but when you get to rank 100, you get a pot of greed minion you can have on your board, which is what I'm aiming for. 10 out of 10. Uh, it's worth noting, though, that the currency that they give you, you can literally buy the battle pass with, and it's not even, like, what is it, like, 1 20th of the gems that they give you to start the game? Like, it is, it is pretty Yeah, decent. like, you're doing... You're doing yourself a disservice not using the money that they give you to buy the battle pass. I don't yeah. get what the point... like. And the battle pass in this is giving you materials you need to craft cards. It seems so weird that they'd even give you the choice to not take it at that point. Yeah, it's absurdly, sh- it's absurdly cheap and uh, they're giving you the currency for free at the moment to just buy it. It's... Like I said, Konami fucked up. There's no one whaling this game. There's no need. Yeah, there's no <laughs> need is, to. Like they, they're giving you this stuff. Konami's the whale, and we're eating at their flesh. Yeah, exactly. For a gacha game, you want whales. Like from from the from the publisher side, you want whales. You want people to spend money on this stuff. This is a very cheap Unity game, by the way. Some of the minions in this are just just feel like Unity store assets they've put into the game. Yeah, the sound effects are pretty good, though. Oh yeah, the sound effects and the music are phenomenal. Oh, the music needs to stop repeating. I was losing my oh, mind. Oh, that's all you get games. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, but some of them have really good music. Uh, getting different boards gives you different music, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I just remember having to download. So you launch, like, you download the game. It's like 300 meg on Steam. You're like, hell yeah. And then you launch the game. And it's like, cool, I need to download 5 gig now. <laughs> and it does this after you do the tutorial. Oh, because it's like a 300 meg launcher. And then there's a 5 gig, like, actual game. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, nice. you run through a whole bunch of stuff that the game makes you do for the first time you load it. It doesn't download during that at all, which is like the worst decision they've ever made. I don't understand. Then it downloads the 5 gig and it has about 17 seconds of audio that it repeats while you download that 5 gig. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I remember Dolling Storing does the exact same thing. Oh, that's oh, amazing. True. But oh, God. Like, what year is this? Well, and they've got like a... Make so, it download while I'm doing a tutorial. I want to pick up on something that Steve said earlier. So, Steve, you said that you're, you're, like, your deck is sorted. You've, you've got it in the bag. Like, you already know what your what your deck is. And, you know, you've you've read the heart of the cards and seen the future. And that's what your deck is now, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I've gotten to the point where, like, there's... So, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, there's a lot of cards out there. There's, like, a bajillion cards. So, I looked online. I'm like, I saw what's the better. I saw what's not. But I also remembered a couple of weeks like five years ago now, I watched like uh, things called Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel when they started in... When they just... it, it's it's uh, spelt Zexel, but it's pronounced Zeal. 
Really? Is it? Oh, for oh, I thought it was Zexal. <laughs> they, well, they never say Zexal in the end. Oh, I think they do towards the end, but I don't think I got that far. Um, but one of the characters I really liked in that show, his name escapes me, I think it was Kite. Um, and he uses Galaxy Ice deck. And the idea of that deck is to literally just, on your first turn, you got a monster with like a bajillion attack points and that's it, game over. Um, which is fantastic and I really like that. And it's sort of old enough that people have sort of forgotten about it. So everyone's like really surprised when I use it. And they sort of semi-set up. And then I play my number 64 Galaxy Eyes Prime Photon Dragon. And it gets literally 12,100 attack points. And then that's it. Like, no matter what, if they've got a Blue Eyes on the field, if they've got some bullshit Six Samurai card, if they've got Black Luster Soldier on the field, it doesn't matter. I am, my attack points are that high that automatically do 8,000 damage. And then that's it. Um, and that's how I play. So on the, on the back of that, so your gold five, whatever the hell the rank system is at the moment. So you, you, you know, on the back of having a great day, going and picking up your phone, crispy creaming it up. That's cool. So you jump into Yu-Gi-Oh and, and you hit the old rank button and you load in and you see your opponent's deck. Are there any decks that, that I don't know how much info you see when your opponent loads in about what sort of cards they have, but if, if it's a gacha game, I'm assuming there's a chance that there are some game that there are some decks that could in theory just be pay to win, right? Like, is there a, is there a deck that you that you just load into against and rank? And you're like, oh, this is just gonna suck. I'm I'm so out. So you can't. I don't think you can see the opponent's deck before you play it. I think you can see it after. You can't. Um, no. You can only make an educated guess when they play their yeah, first card. Yeah, and I yeah. can sort of. And at that point, it's usually yeah. too late. <laughs> All right, cool. Pressing the back seat, back button. I surrender. Um, but it's. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's like that. Surrender lunch money, move yeah, on. Yeah, but at the same time, because the way that Yu-Gi-Oh works is you start with 40 cards in your deck and you draw five to start off with. If you don't draw the right five cards, essentially, like, that's it then. Like, I've had people surrender, like, after they've seen their five cards because, like, okay, I didn't get what I want. I'm going to lose. I'm not going to, like, drag it out type of thing. So there is that sort of... My favourite way to match goes is if um, they play a card and you use Ash Blossom, which is a card that you can... Discard Fuck from your you, hand. Fuck you, man. That ruins it, my it, deck. It, I hate <laughs> you, man. Fuck it, you. It, it stops... <laughs> that, that's the exact reaction that the opponent gives because it stops them from yeah. searching out their deck for any cards or and whatever. They give that... For, they, for that they, turn so or for as, the game? Just, yeah. For that turn. Oh, yeah. like, well, not, not that turn. But just the first turn card, is so. everything yeah. in modern Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that card has uh, broken me a couple of times. Like I used, I used to run it in my deck. Yeah. Um, but because my deck is so hyper-specific, having that card sort of is like, all right, well, I've so- I can stop my opponent, but it's stopping me from putting the cards down I want to. Yeah, it's just sort of extra extra weight to the deck. Yeah, I get that. My my deck is my deck is lean enough where I can fit into Ash Blossoms and two Maxis. On Maxis, forbidden. Which Maxi Maxi is also a very good card in where you can discard it from your hand at the start of the opponent's turn. And every time they special summon a monster, you get to draw a card. Oh, but it, oh that's yeah. Fine. And, if they don't have another and, turn, uh, it's Yu- fine. Yu-Gi-Oh decks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh at the moment is uh, to the point where special summoning is the only way you're getting. It is like the meta. You got to get everything out onto your turn, uh, your borders. You can. Mm-hmm. Just non-stop link summoning. So if someone sees a maxi, they either give up their turn or they make you draw your entire deck. <laughs> Draws out and loses the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, seriously, you could. <laughs> that's yeah. the game plan. Element, <laughs> elemental heroes could do that. Or gladiator beasts as well. Yeah, they to could to a certain extent. But yeah, 
Right. Interesting. Yes. What so a new year. We're starting to wind up the discussion a bit. Anyone have any other topics they want to hit before we before we do a quick score? Yeah, there's uh, one more thing I want to bring up, which is actually besides the ranks mode, there's also ah, good, a single good, player good, mode in good. the I, game. Yeah, That's I, what I was going to say too. That, yeah. Yeah. Story, story based campaign? No. Oh, uh, it's, it's not actually story. It's not actually a story mode. What it is is um, it, instead of recapping the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh anime, it's recapping Pokemon. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, continue. Uh, no. Uh, so over in Japan, there were law books for well, not law books. They were guidebooks in Japan, and uh, uh, with the guidebooks, they also had little bits of laws attached to each archetype. So the single player follows the Prima strategy guides only available in Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's following. It, it just gives you a little bit of. <laughs> it gives you a little bit of law on all the archetypes that are in the game, and uh, you play a fiend's deck around them. Oh, when you finish that... it off, you unlock that fiend deck. That's actually sick. Yeah, so cool. the first two are like monarchs and um, six elemental heroes. So you load up the monarchs one, and it's like you get a little text at the beginning that's like, "This is what the monarchs are," and then at the end you get, "And this is where the monarchs said go from," uh, like the end of their law story. And once you finish that, you get a, you get a pre-made monarchs deck to play with. Yeah, it's a really good way of exposing you to decks that and how they work, so that you can actually get into ranked if you hadn't played Yu-Gi-Oh in like the last ten years, like most of us. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm curious, just because we we all have a mutual friend. Um, oh, sorry. First of all, so was, was that the, the was that your point finished, or do you have something else to? Yeah. Uh, besides that, it's just it's also a good way to get gems. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, we we all have a mutual friend who actually goes and plays Yu-Gi-Oh at his local. I'm assuming um, like kindergarten or, or you know, primary school <laughs> or wherever fun, people like still that. play. <laughs> but I'm curious because I actually haven't spoken to him since this game's come out. But what what does he think? Because I assume we are kind of on the boat of like, yeah, we know what Yu-Gi-Oh is and stuff. But we don't actively play it. Do, has anyone spoken to him about like what how he has found it? Given that you know he actually plays the physical game more than most people. He's made his deck in the game already. Uh, it seems to be doing well for him. I don't know if he enjoys the game too much though. He seems, but to, he seems enjoy to be it. like he seems to be into it enough. It's um, it's effectively just Duel Links too. So if he played Duel Links and enjoyed it, which he did, then he is enjoying this. So uh, yeah. it's a bit more fleshed out than Duel Links. Like Duel Links, he only had the uh. rush duels. Yeah, it's much better. I like this a lot more than Duel Links. Door links I felt was too limited because it was um free. They limited you to the field of uh, free monsters and free spells or traps, and it was a smaller deck. I think it was a thirty card deck. Uh, in this, it's like the full game. You get the full field. You get all the effects. You get um your full deck. So I I find it a lot better. The only thing it's really missing is being able to side deck, but because ranked duels are just one uh, a one game thing, you don't need a side deck at the moment. It's right. only for if you're doing lobbies. Oh, yeah. Oh, so if, if you were doing this random final question from Patrick, who knows nothing about this game. If I if I go and start up a lobby with Josh, do I have access to all the cards that I can just make a random deck? Or is it still based on what I have access to? It's based on what you have access to and what decks you've made. Interesting. Okay, that's no, it's cool. Um, all right, scores. Uh, it's a free game, obviously, so cost probably should be taken into account. Uh, Josh, what would you give it? Well, it's not Duelist King, uh, Duelist of the Roses or Yu-Gi-Oh! Championship 2006, so, uh, maybe, maybe a seven? Yeah, we'll give it a seven. All right, Seth? Uh, seven, maybe an eight. I enjoy it a lot. It's very, very generous to you, so you can make what you want and have fun with pretty much right out the gate. But at the same time, it also feels very, very cheap. <laughs> there's um there's stuff that's definitely like they just stripped this from the unity store and put it into the game the there's no proper translation it's all machine translated so uh it's it's a bit uh, finicky in that department sure but besides that i like it a lot so somewhere probably a 7.5 for me cool and steve Nah, i'd probably give it an eight 
I'm a big fan of it. I'm I'm very I I'm enjoying it. Like it seems very generous with the cards they're giving you. You can pretty much make any deck you want without paying any money at this stage anyway. There's like a solo mode to it. You don't even have to play real people because I get the feeling that you might be a bit overwhelmed with the different mechanics if you're like new to the game or returning. But yeah, it's a, it's great fun. I think it sounds amazing. It it looks pretty much what I expected it to look like. Like Yu-Gi-Oh sort of games have sort of looked pretty downhill on the on the graphic sort of front. But no, I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot of customization as well that we didn't really touch on. Not really a lot of customization, but you can change what your side of the field looks like and the icon that you use. And you can even put card sleeves on your cards, which is sort of like a nice little touch. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a solid eight for me. I'm having a great time. That's cool. And so obviously, we've mentioned a few times the game is free to play. Where can people find it? Everything. Everywhere. Uh, Literally everything. No, at the moment, it's not on Android and iOS yet, so you can get it on console and PC, but it's coming to phones later. Yeah, but it, yeah, it definitely will be available. Uh, you probably do it yourself with your service to play it on a phone. Might... Oh, it's not available on Mac. Oh, no. Is it available on Unix yeah. or Linux? All, all, all 13 no. people are going to hate that. Oh, man, I, I legitimately put boot camp on my Mac so I can play it <laughs> while I was in bed. <laughs> wow. Is it like an army boot camp type of thing? <sighs> all right, moving on. Yeah. I said... <laughs> <laughs> uh starting 2022 right <laughs> uh cool well uh that pretty much wraps up the discussion on Yu-Gi-Oh master duel uh the that was basically one half of the pillars i think we're gonna hit for this episode so kind of good to have that wrapped up second one being monster Hunter rise so you know long-time listeners will expect us to go through you know, and all right uh, thanks thanks for that week steve what about what about you seth but of course Seth's been mostly Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, a bit of Monster Hunter Rise, and, uh, you know, Josh likewise. So we'll just do it by game instead of by person this week. Hope that is okay. Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, actually, Steve, just because I don't think you've played much Monster Hunter, uh, what are you at with Monster Hunter Knowledge? Where are you at with that? Oh, no, I'm pretty good. I played uh, Monster Hunter Try, um, uh, Monster Hunter Generations, and Monster Hunter World. I played that last year for a significant amount of time. So it's just sort of rise has sort of fallen out of my scope because essentially once you played one Monster Hunter, you played them all, and I so it sort of gets to a point with me where it's like, okay, I'm sick of the grind, bye. So I took personal offense. Yeah, I got the feeling. Yeah, that's sorry, yeah. Everyone, you know, very popular, but those are my. I said the wire bugs. The system changes are each game is enough to make it interesting and fresh. Mm. And a new monsters. It's enough to play for another four hundred hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Just because I I don't know how this discussion will go either. So, uh, Monster Hunter Rise. I guess we should start with it is a PC. What do we call it? A port. They didn't exactly redesign it for for PC. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Port no, it's just a PC textures. port where they upgraded a bunch of things like the textures and uh, the resolution and the options you have in the game. And yep. my favorite, the bug they introduce when you're trying to climb walls. But we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> based on the Switch game of the same name that came out last year. Uh, what April? I think. Uh, I think it was May? March. That long ago? March. I think it was oh, March. I don't know. It was <laughs> felt like so long ago. <laughs> Um, God, it does so like obviously the three of us have been playing it uh i think the three of us are past at least the single player credits yes mm-hmm. cool so uh first thing we all played the switch version and we have now all played the pc version for multiple hours has it mattered that we played the switch version like has has playing the switch version already sort of taken some of the wind out of its out of what would otherwise be a new releases sales for you guys just maybe no the pc version is significantly better that it makes the switch version feel 
Like, it, it makes me actively wish I didn't play the Switch version earlier, to be honest. Unfortunately, I kind of agree with that. Josh, you're about to say something? Yeah, I, I don't agree. I, I've just, I I just love Monster Hunter, though. So I've played, I don't know, 150, I think it was, hours of uh, of Rise on the Switch. And then I was like, okay, cool, time to start again on PC. And I was genuinely excited to do so. And then all it did was made me go, okay, this is exactly what I want to do, but I'm just going to do it with a different weapon. And I just basically speed ran through it so I didn't have to watch the credits or anything like that. So... I have no regrets. Yeah, uh, see, with the Switch version, I just played the uh, the Hunting Corn and the Hammer again, which is I was already doing with the uh, Iceborne version of Rise. Uh, not Rise, uh, World. World. So, yeah. So, um, uh, Hunting Corn is actually fairly new feeling in this game, so that was worth it. But I didn't actually take the time to learn any other weapons, which I'm doing now with the PC version of Rise, where I'm actually using three new weapons that I have barely touched before, and I'm falling in love with them in this game. Uh, so, interesting couple of points of discussion there, then. Uh, Switch, obviously everyone played with a controller. How's everyone playing on PC? Controller. Uh, Xbox dual, controller. Dual sense. DualSense controller. So, controller. Thanks, Seth. Weird way to yeah. say it, but controller. Fine. <laughs> Drop the bridge. Um, he just needs to flex his purple controller. Yeah, I think there's a there's um, there's a thing in saying which controller you're using, like if you're going to be using Xbox or Nintendo or whatever. Is anybody using like a racing steering yeah. wheel or a flight stick? <laughs> yeah. I do have <laughs> I a Guitar Hero keyboard guitar lying around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, no, that's interesting. Listen to Donkey Kong, the D- Donkey Kong bongos. Yeah, yeah, the bongos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unga bongos. Unga bunga for real this time. Um, that's that's interesting. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up is that uh, we also all played a ton of World, the other game that came to PC. Uh, World, I think we could all agree, is a better looking game because it wasn't originally a, a Switch port. Uh, how, how has the graphics comparison now that both games are on PC been for you two? Well, it still looks infinitely better. Our World is still way ahead of what Rise has to offer. Yeah, okay, fine. But like, has, has it made you wish that they'd not redone it in world's engine but like if i if i was like I've, I've been playing rise right if i if i went back to iceborne tomorrow i'd be like wow iceborne just looks and feels so much better that when i return to rise it would probably be a little bit disappointing is that a similar sentiment shared by you two not specifically i i said earlier today when i was playing monsanto with a friend of mine i think you were in the, the call seth or patrick one of you guys uh, where me. i was like uh, I was like, wasn't me. I wasn't in there. Steve, was it you? No, I don't think it was me. <laughs> me I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I was like, Rise isn't even... They were talking about like the Pokemon game or something, comparing it to Monster Hunter, saying it was the sequel to World. And I said that Rise wasn't even like worthy of being a sequel to World. No. Nah. So, yeah. No. Well, World 2 will be the sequel to World. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely just a better game. So does it feel like, for lack of a better term, like the World shitter younger brother that they put on the Switch and are now ported to the PC? It, yeah, it feels like a PSP port of World. Oh shit, <laughs> is what it feels like. <laughs> of of World, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 an important distinction here because yes, that that is true of of World. But the thing that uh, I guess you might not be as familiar with, Steve, is that in every previous Monster Hunter game, Generations, Try, all those, they were very area based, right? Like you, like oh, Monsters in Area Two, so you'd run over to Area Two, and yeah, and there was loading, it was a semi loading screen between each area you go to. Yes, yep. And so in World, they got rid of the loading screen, but it was still a very area based connected thing. So if you're being chased down by a Rathalos, the Rathalos would just chase you until you ran through like I don't know some tree roots or something that he just couldn't follow you. So Rise shifted that up. Rise did the Breath of the World approach, uh, Breath of the Wild approach, where it's <laughs> much more. It's, yeah, I know, right? That, what a game that would be. But they they did a much more open approach, where a huge focus of it was on freedom of movement, and they actually did what I think was a pretty good job. But it's very at odds with the kind of segmented 
uh each area is its own little fight type thing where now it's bigger expanses there's a lot more focus on exploration there are a lot of collectibles and things that the game kind of wants you to go after things like uh what do they call them now like gilded spirit bugs and uh hunting uh what are they hunting aids or hunting whatever the little critters are um and other things that you just hunting helpers yeah yeah hunting helpers thank you uh where you just typically don't find them in the same ways that you're just walking from different areas and you're like oh some mushrooms oh some herbs oh some honey that kind of thing so it's it's uh it's definitely a downgrade on world in terms of aesthetics and how um i want to say realistic kind of thing i think in level design as well because like as you were saying um it's much more open but i think that comes at the cost of it also feeling flatter yes it does the the maps aren't as layered as they are in world and i i want to chalk that up to it being a switch game originally yes and that that's kind of where i want to leave it too uh in that my my favorite thing, which uh, sorry, Steve, did you say you played well? I guess I have played well. Yeah, cool. So I, I think just one of my favorite things in any Monster Hunter game ever is just walking into the jungle or the the forest, whatever the first level is in World, and the ancient forest, the ancient yeah. forest, yeah. Right? and just just walking through it. And there's like so many, there's so much height, and the height is a big part of it in terms of there's stuff above and below you everywhere. The sounds, you actually just sound like you're in a forest, and then. You will just observe a monster go by, just minding its own business, and it feels eco- like ecologically um, accurate or sound. Like uh, if you if you were to do the same thing in Rise, like every monster is just kind of sitting in whichever area they they're in, waiting for you to show up. And you know they'll do I don't know some little animation loop of something of them just kind of minding their own business, but it's so much less uh i don't know like it's it, it's so hard not to use the word realistic because it's so far from realism that it doesn't matter but i hope you guys sort of know what i mean i want to say that world feels dense yes that's a good way of putting it. like dense in the nice sense yeah like it's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, popular it populated uh, I, know, I know exactly what you're trying to say though like fle- fleshed out perhaps it's living alive yeah it does it actually it feels like you are like part of an ecological system which Rise just doesn't have. Mm. You see, Monster Hunter World is like an onion. There's layers to it. <laughs> Let's not get into this. <laughs> this is now the Shrek cast. <laughs> yeah, and and this isn't to take away this this isn't to take it away from Rise either. Because if you had Rise's movement system in World, you would hate it. You'd be slamming into every like tree and slight elevation change imaginable. It it works in Rise's favor that it's so wide and open. But it's just such a different style of Monster Hunter game. And I've come to really enjoy what World did as a Monster Hunter game. That, yes, I've put 280 hours into Rise. And, yes, I've put however many hours into Rise the PC version. And I'm not going to slow down anytime soon. I love Monster Hunter games. I'll continue to play them. But it's it's just interesting that each one, like, uh, if, if you played Generations and you played Try... Try with its underwater mechanics would have been quite different from Generations, and Generations with all its different hunting styles would have been different from, say, 4. But the difference between, say, World and Rise is probably one of the starkest comparisons in two uh, similarly timed released Monster Hunter games that I can think of. Yeah, I think a lot of that just... Yeah, I was going to get into that, because I was going to say, between... uh, uh, They always do this sort of thing, from what I understand, where they have what's basically a main... Uh, Monster Hunter game, and then they have another side experimental game, I want to say. So, the Generations and Ultimates would be the more experimentals, while Try, 4, and World would be the mains. And Rise, 
is definitely very experimental with what it's doing. It's introducing a lot of things into it. It's um, they're doing a lot of things with movement. They're doing a lot of things with the wire bugs, and they're introducing a new uh side uh, a side helper, the Palamutes. So there's a lot to dig into that game with, like on a gameplay level, what they're trying to test out before they go into the next massive uh, world expansion sequel. Yeah. I want to also mention that, it, uh, to my knowledge, it's the first time they've, they've really gone out of their way to throw in what like is basically a segmented, this is single player, this is multiplayer, um, and the multiplayer being like, you know, the, the heavy part of the actual sort of gameplay rather than just having it as sort of one chain and then being locked by the story until you do it and just playing those story quests as multiplayer quests. This one is like two different story chains kind of. To, to my knowledge, it's the first time I've done it in a game. But it's uh, it, it works quite well. It's just the single player aspect is embarrassingly easy and the hub one is like, hey, this is meant for two, two players so I need to play with at least two players to be... You know, decently timing these monsters it's strange it's an interesting way to handle it i think that the single player hunts need to end up doing a, a high rank so that you can start getting that stuff if you're like a purely single player person yeah i think that yeah. was the biggest miss sorry continue seth but I, I agree yeah the way that the single player works at the moment is trying to alleviate what monster hunter world did at the beginning where the onboarding for that game was kind of overbearing for a lot of people so now you have your here's the single player so that you can just uh, ju uh, so that if you're new you're you're slowly learning the game and then here's the hub uh missions so that if you're an experienced player you can just get right into all the harder stuff that you care about it's strange to me that like because World did a, a situation where basically it was like you have one player for, for the quest, then scales up to two players where it like doubles the monster's health or whatever, and then three players or more was just three and four, and then they reworked that later so that it was one, two, three, or four with the different scales, and they've sort of just gone backwards for this where they've gone one and two players, three and four. It's it's just odd. I don't know why they've done it, but I'm yeah. not a massive fan of that change either. It's also a weird way to uh, try and fix what World did, where you can't set, um you can't do a hunt with multiplayer until you've uh, seen the monsters cutscene. Yeah. So uh, that might be also a thing they were trying to get around, but it's an odd way to get around it. It is like I, I just think the scaling should be you know at least one because like, if I want to go hunt something quickly while friends are doing something, then that monster will take me twice as long to kill as what just two of them will because that's just the way it scales. So yeah. it's rather strange, mm -hmm. but still a great game though. So what weapons have we all been maining? So Seth, you were saying that uh, you've been trying out a bunch of different weapons and falling in love with them now that you're on PC. Which weapons are those? Uh, so I've been playing the um the uh gun lance and light bow gun mostly, which are two weapons that I didn't really touch in the older games. I played gun lance a little bit in World, but I did it for like two hunts and then dropped it to learn the hammer. Yeah. And um the light bow gun is something I just never touched. I never touched any of the um uh, the ranged weapons, and all it takes is one really cool move for me to fall in love with a weapon <laughs> and the light bow gun has this move where you flip over the monster and you shoot a mine down from above it like you turn upside down and shoot a mine straight onto it yeah and i love that move so much it's just made me love that weapon understood the gun lance also has that thing where it has a move where you charge your gun lance and you just fly through the air all all, all a weapon needs is one really cool move for me to like it a lot <laughs> and um i've also been playing a little bit of arm um, switch axe while mixing in weapons that i already play a lot like great sword hammer 
I haven't h touched Hunting Corn yet on the PC version, actually. I think but mostly because Josh has been playing the Hunting Corn, so I don't want to double Hunt Horn it up. As opposed to me and Patrick playing where we double. Oh, and in, in, in Rise, that's encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> is it actually? Yeah, it is. Um, because of the... the... Actually, I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to save this. We're going to go back to what Josh <laughs> has been meaning, and then I'm going to bring this point up with another one I was going to mention after this. So, Josh, what have you been meaning in, in this run-through? So, previously in World, I was very heavily Insect Glaive and Jewel Blade, so I didn't oh, want to do that. Some would say choice. too heavily good Insect Glaive. Choice. Oh, okay, so let me, just remembering the rough numbers, I think the, the numbers I did in World was like 750 hunts with Insect Glaive, like 150 dual blades and then like three of everything else <laughs> i think i still had one or two weapons that were on zero <laughs> um and then when i got to switch i was like okay i, I don't want to play those weapons because i played them to death i want to learn new ones right so i picked up uh the bow and just absolutely fell in love with the bow um on the switch and did like pretty much every single thing in the game uh with just the bow and picking up just a few other random weapons uh, I did the same thing when I when the PC released, so I didn't want to do that weapon again because I just played it to death now. Um, so I decided to pick up Hunting Horn to start with because um, it's the first time I'd really ever really touched Hunting Horn, to be honest with you. Is that, if you pick up Hunting Horn, does that make you horny? Only if it's the Nogagante one. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, no, no. Um, so, yeah, I decided that, yeah, I was going to pick up Hunting Horn because it's like a... Yeah, for people that know it, it's like a quote-unquote support weapon, and I thought I'd just, you know, help mate, so we're going to be playing through it in full lobbies. Um, really enjoyed that, and then picked up the, the hammer, which I played a little bit of in World, and I was like, okay, you know, I, I don't know how this goes, I'll give it a go. Did some of the Switchblade moves and did exactly what Seth did, and was like, oh my god, these moves are so cool, and just been played hammer ever since. <laughs> so, swap occasionally to, like, bow or dual blades or sword and shield, but really heavily into um into the hammer fair enough no that's cool uh i um in world i was mainly uh insect glaive because there was a good chunk of it when i could only play it solo and for me insect glaive solo was the uh most sensical or most efficient uh way for me to play it and rise on switch rise on switch and rise pc i've sort of played with a little bit of everything touching less the ranged weapons and sword and shield and kind of just fiending everything else um mainly uh switch would have been hunting horn dual blades and uh great sword uh and long sword <laughs> and uh pc it's been gun lance trying to go as far as possible because uh, i want to unlock the good stuff and then go build it rather than a whole bunch of intermediaries and wasting my materials um and I actually think the only weapon that I have that's built that, that I can use for, to efficiently hunt anything at, at my rank is a gun lance still, but, uh, you know, still, still picked up and used, uh, the hunting horn, even when it's a bit less efficient and dual blades and, uh, um, yeah, that's basically it just because I haven't it's built pretty much so much all stuff. I've seen you use other than the arena quest. Yeah, exactly. But the, 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 the so there were, there were, there's one point that I wanted to bring up relative to that. And it kind of touches on what Seth was asking as well, is that we all played well and the weapon mechanics well they actually do this across a lot of games but uh they switched up a lot of the weapon mechanics so things like the uh sword and shield and dual blades uh perhaps changed less but things like gun lance and particularly hunting horn and i actually can't speak to the ranged weapons because i didn't really vibe with them as much through through world in previous games uh they've changed quite significantly so what i was going to ask is that uh having played world uh and any other previous titles has it helped do you, do you think 
having base knowledge of a weapon makes it easier to pick up the weapon changes like in Rise? Or do you think if you'd never touched it before and it's so different in Rise that you would have been fine? I think having some base knowledge it helps. Um, so uh, from Iceborne, I went, uh, I was Hammer and Hunting Corn and then I went straight into that with Rise. Yeah. And Hammer didn't change all that much. It's just they moved some moves to Y-Bug attacks instead of being their own unique attacks. Yeah. Like they were in Iceborne. But Hunting Horn was, is basically a new weapon at this point. Exactly. But yeah. but a lot of what it's... A lot of um, the setup and things is already ingrained into kind of your mindset of how to play it from Iceborne that the changes uh, kind of make sense because it feels like that they... Rather than um, making a new weapon, they tuned this to work differently, but do all the same things in a more efficient way. Mm. Mm. See, I, I was going to say that I don't think they've changed a weapon enough from World to Rise that you know having having base knowledge would ever be a disadvantage, um, or wouldn't would never not be an advantage. But in saying that, Hunting Horn I didn't play before now, and it is like remarkably simple compared to what I remember it being in world when i tried to pick it up the first time so yeah i i guess maybe that is the exception there in saying that the uh the, the switch uh the the switch skills have been like it, it dramatically changes the way that you use a weapon in my opinion like just having the extra maneuverability most times uh, makes it just so much more viable for, for rise and especially for that open world sort of flat landscape that you were talking about yeah, so what I was going to say to that was that um, let's just take the hunting horn, right? Because that's the example that we're all kind of thinking. So in previous games, it used to be that you would press some combination of the attacks. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> well, I can think of as the P as the P uh, PlayStation controller, but like triangle, circle, and then triangle and circle together. Those are your three notes, and then you press uh, the right button, like right uh, trigger or bump or whichever it is. Because uh, all I'm, all I can think of is the PSP to actually play the sound. I'm pretty sure it'd be R2 uh, on, on World. It's been a while. Um, to actually play the sound. And so it meant that what a lot of people did was they were like, okay, cool, Hunting Horn's just a support weapon. I'll just go sit in the corner and, and, and play tunes. And it sucked because it meant that, you know, hunts just took ages because the buffs that they gave you weren't enough to replace someone just dealing damage. And so uh, to, to fix that, they, I think it was in World. World or one previous, I don't remember. But they started making it so that if you hit a monster, it counts as two notes rather than one or like a double note rather than rather than a single note and that if you did double note chaining you would get more buffs so that was to encourage people actually offensively using hunting horn but that still wasn't enough <laughs> people would still because that there, there was a way of of um using a skill to um i might be thinking of generations now that i think about it because there was a generation skill that meant that every note that you played counted as two and so you could still sit in a corner and just play the double notes. <laughs> and so you'd, you'd still be missing the offensive pressure. And so they finally decided in that in Rise, they, they would get rid of the having to actually play the melody. And they made it so that instead of having to press R2 when you have a song ready to go, it will just play. And so that's why you can now actually get lobbies of hunting horn people because songs are playing all the time that you actually don't have, you don't run into the issues of not being able to get melodies off or not having consistent damage output because you're playing and then, you know, you have to play a melody that lasts for a couple of seconds and you might have missed and then that's just you out of the fight for a couple of seconds. Because this, it's just constant. Like, not only in the sound of Hunting Horn playing, but just the number of buffs of people going, thanks for the support, just in a four-player lobby when everyone's using Hunting Horn is disgusting. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and definitely worth checking out. 
Uh, I realize we've been talking about Monster Hunter for quite a bit, so we should wrap things up unless anyone has any final points they want to touch. When's it coming to Xbox? That's a, my only contribution. <laughs> Monster Hunter World 2. So are they... They've got some sort of DLC coming for this, don't they? Like the Iceborne equivalent. Sunbreak. Sunbreak. Yeah. Oh, that's what Sunbreak, it's called, yeah. Are you guys yes. looking forward to that? Yep. Does that look good? Oh, God, yeah. It's just effectively Iceborne. We don't know anything about it just yet besides it's going to be a big expansion like Iceborne was, yep. and that's enough to get me interested. No, no. They said that it introduces Master Rank, which is enough to make me go, oh, cool, another 300 hours I can dump into this game. I'm so keen. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, another DLC obviously means that they're going to do another rank. It's not just going to stick at HR. Yeah. yeah, but master rank. Baby. That's nothing new to me. So it's like it's like the uh, the ultimate games had G rank in them, and so when regular Monster Hunter World came out, everyone went, "Oh, high rank. That's kind of a weird limit. Why don't we have G rank or master rank?" And so the game was so popular that they said, "Okay, so we have um, uh, oh wow, what's the what's the upgraded um it's low rank, high rank? No, 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 no. Like the the monsters, like um, oh the uh, the tempered monsters. Tempered. Thank you." So they were like, okay, so we got Tempered Monsters in there. That's your endgame content. And then everyone smashed through that and went, okay, so we've done Tempered Monsters at high rank. What else Please we got? More. And so Capcom yeah. <laughs> went, shit, give the people what they want. Let's let's do Arch Tempered. We'll just we'll just stick that in there. And that was just bullet that was just bullet sponge hell for like forty five minutes, where everything would kill you in one hit. And then at the end they went, okay, let's just let's just give them G rank. And so then they came up with Iceborne and that introduced a rank, new area, new bunch of monsters, all this other stuff. And it was exactly what World needed. And it meant that all of the grinding that I did solo to get all the arch-tempered sense meant nothing. But <laughs> but they're, they're doing a similar thing with um, with the Sunbreak DLC. So at the moment, again, you're capped at high rank and everyone knows that G rank and master rank exists. And so we are all waiting and hoping that the Sunbreak DLC will be like what Iceborne was to World, which I think more of my... Out- like I played a lot of World beforehand, but I think I played more World after Iceborne came out than before. Yeah, I definitely did, for sure. Scores out of ten, people. Steve, uh, what would you give it? Three question marks out of ten. Oh no, but surely, surely based on. Okay. Oh, that's my Pokemon Silver rival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. He, he has re-entered the chat. Ba- based on based on how we've shilled it to you, Steve, and because you've played Monster Hunter before, how how much more likely or less likely are you to play it now that now that we've talk, talked about? Probably it? like the sa- same out amount of, of likely. Like it's already <laughs> like it's usually I think it's every two or three years I jump into Monster Hunter, play it for about sixty hours. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm done. Um, and it's just judging <laughs> from what you guys are saying it sort of seems like it's World is still like the pinnacle of Monster Hunter game so it seems like I'll play it but I think for me Monster Hunter World is like an 8 so this might be a 6 but at the same time I haven't played this game so that's fair yeah uh, Josh what would you give it uh, 10 oh. <laughs> it's Monster play Hunter the, it doesn't play get any the, better play the 10 music <laughs> do we have 10 music uh, no I, I can't I can't reasonably give anything a 10 uh like no, I can't reasonably. You heard it here first, folks. No. Seth, what would you give it? <laughs> uh, give it a nine for episode nine. Sorry, Seth. <laughs> you know what? I can't give it a ten because I think world is better. So I'll probably say this is an eight. An eight? Oh wow! What about you, Patrick? Uh, I I would actually give world uh, a ten. Why uh, play the ten music a... again? Yeah, yeah, ten music again. Woo! I watched the same episode. We were talking about Rise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But on the back of that, I think Rise is very good, but it's not Worlds. So I'd give it a nine. Uh, yeah, okay. I thoroughly enjoy the game. Oh, uh, we didn't actually touch on it. Super quick. Can you describe that bug that you hit in like thirty seconds? Oh yeah, basically, it's weird. Like in in Switch, it works perfectly fine. Like if you wire bug to a wall, which seems to be the only way to jump now. Um, Always you, was. Uh, but continue. 
Yeah, not really. Um, you could, like, in Monster Hunter, you could sort of, like, walk up to things and sort of mantle them if they were at a certain height. This game seems to struggle doing that. But anyway, um, with um, with this game, like, you can jump off the Palomute, whatever, Wyvog to a wall, and then when you start running uh, up the wall, on Switch it works perfectly fine. On PC, for some reason, I sort of glitch out and just keep running on the same spot. And it happens enough that it's like every third or fourth attempt I try to climb the wall. So I have to jump off the wall and wire bug back onto it. And it's really frustrating. Oh, I don't know weird. when they introduce that, but like I see it constantly. I'll have to keep an uh, eye out for that because I'm not sure if I've hit it. Uh, uh, I'll record at some point and show you. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's nightmarish. But other than that, great game. Sweet. And with that, we have finished the second of the two pillars of this week. And that brings us to the episode of, uh, wow, to the end of part one of this episode. Boom, saved it. Uh, we will take a quick break and be back with part two. You're a fuckwit, Josh. Play Arceus. You're going to love it. I know you'll love it. <laughs> fucking I don't think I will. You're lucky we're not recording right now. I'm strangling you. We are recording. Got him. Hi, 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 Josh, Josh hi police. Every Pokemon game, he, no, he says he's not going to like it, and then it releases, and then he likes it. No, 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 And with the game section slash week section out of the way, we get to move on to part two, which is the news. News docket looking a little bit thinner this week, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And the first thing up on that list, we have the PlayStation Plus games announced for February. Yeah, so it's actually not that great of a month this week. Uh, uh, this month, I mean. Um, we're getting UFC 4 on PlayStation 5. Uh, no, that's the PlayStation 4 game, actually. Shit. Okay, so UFC 4... <laughs> it's and even worse. <laughs> yeah, and Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep. Uh, both PS4 games coming up. And the PS5 game for the month is Planet Coaster, which Steve talked about last month. To be fair, probably the best one out of those. That's actually the Tiny mm. Tina one. I like it's essentially it's on release. Essentially, it's being given away for free. So that's really good for PlayStation owners. Um, for us with they've got to have something if they yeah, don't. Yeah, exactly. Have what what no, games do you have? Isn't this the isn't this the old standalone to DLC from Borderlands Two? Uh, well, it, it was never standalone. So, so every, everyone's kind of partially right. So Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon's Keep was the last DLC for Borderlands 2, which came out in 20... I don't know, 13-ish? 2012, 2013. Yeah. And so recently they announced that you could do it as a standalone DLC, so you no longer need Borderlands 2 to play it. And so that's what is being offered on PlayStation Plus uh, and next yes. month. So, so it's a 2013 game. Oh, yes, but it's for free Sorry, now. so it's, it's not that... <laughs> Isn't there like a? New- it's not oh, the new one. The new no, one. no, no. You're, you're oh. thinking of um, uh, Tiny uh, Tina's Wonderland. It's got a really, yeah. yeah it's got a really yeah. similar name and probably a really similar mechanic. And I'm actually looking forward to that. But no, this is not All that right. game. That game doesn't come out until March or April, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember playing um, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep a couple of years back when I was doing my Borderlands Two playthrough, and it was like very fantastic. Like it combines. It is yeah, an excellent deal. Combines DLC. the weirdness of Borderlands with like the mechanics of like. Well, mechanics with air quotes of Dungeons and Dragons it's really good you also could have said the weirdness of Dungeons and Dragons with the mechanics of Borderlands 2 and the sentence (laughs) would have been the same Uh, but yeah so people that are interested in those have those to look forward to next thing up on the list we have Cal the Kangaroo coming to all consoles what the hell is this I've I've never even heard of Cal the Kangaroo 
Someone help me out. Uh, I, I think it's supposed to be pronounced KO because he's got pu- uh, punching uh, blocks on. Oh, that is that the is worst. So good. Oh, I don't like that. Why, no. why is there an A? It, KO is it's like, K- like knockout. What is the A going to send for? It, it's like KO. Like yeah. it's, all, it's just one one quick way of saying the it. KA is the start of kangaroo. Oh, that too. Wow, man. The, the amount of layers in this, it's at least a four-layer four dip. <laughs> To, to any kangaroos listening, I'm really sorry for mispronouncing your mascot. But yeah, uh, KO the Kangaroo is Patrick? apparently we'll a there. Dreamcast game that came out ages ago and also had a Game Boy Advance this... game. I, I promise I'll just... try not to hit one of you in the cuff. Isn't this like T.Y. the Tasmanian Tiger? <laughs> yeah, yeah Tiger, that's what I'm thinking Tiger. of. What a yeah, Tiger Tasmanian Tiger might also be in like the same level of this. I think this might be even lower than Tiger Tasmanian Tiger because anyone's heard of that. First of all, Tiger Tasmanian Tiger isn't low. <laughs> no. Titus has me and Tiger is like on the same level as a croc. So it's not yeah. up there with Crash also and Spyro, but it's like Crash. the level below that, if you get what I mean. So it's a scrimblow. Yeah. What the fuck yeah, is a scrimblow? Scrim- scrim- no, yeah. K- K- <laughs> KO is a scrimblow here. I love that there's about five people that is going to understand that reference that like totally yeah, like, in the world. And there's like three and of them. And one of them here. was me. Yeah. <laughs> Three of them yeah. are in this chat. <laughs> lost. Don't feel ashamed at home if you're listening. You're lost because we're all lost. Scrimblow Bingo is the latest character to be added to the beloved Smash Brothers. <laughs> no, 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 no. Scrimblow Blimblow is lovable Scrunko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was the fact that the Scrimbly Bengus community was absolutely like pissed off and rightfully so that Scrimbly Bengus wasn't the last character added to Smash Ultimate. But we got uh, we got a combination of Scrimblow, Blimblow, and uh, a sword guy, Mc, uh, sword McJRPG guy. But but we're missing Scrimbly Bengus. <laughs> he, he was the main guy from the Fox Station Four. Anyway, about this KO the Kangaroo game, uh, it, so it's apparently an no old revival it. from a Dreamcast and Game Boy Advance mascot platformer, and. Honestly, the trailer makes it look pretty okay, but everything about it just screams it's a Crash Bandicoot ripoff. Do you like, know what else looks terms, okay? The art style is very Crash for the um the color like the coloring of Ko itself. He's an orange character with blue shorts, which is very Crash Bandicoot. And they're both Australian. Yeah, they're both Australian. They the collect uh, the breakable objects through their levels are just boxes with question marks on them. Uh, it's. Yeah, it's very much trying whoa, to whoa, whoa, whoa. Boxes uh, with, rip off boxes Crash Bandicoot. Question marks. This goes all the way back to Mario. This goes all the way to the top. I'm gonna. <laughs> what, what I'm gonna pranks. tell about this? I'm not, gonna tell Chris um, Pratt boxes. about this. Chris Pratt can't. But he's do the voice shit. of Mario now. He's probably got a lot of question mark boxes. He's got to hit. But yeah, uh, the game actually looks. The game. The gameplay itself looks fine. <laughs> the, the script he got was yeah. just question mark boxes <laughs> on the page. <laughs> he has to he fucking has to tap them. them. It's like an iPad. He taps them to unlock the word. <laughs> It's Wordle. <laughs> he, he's, he's getting paid to say Wahoo and Yippee every five minutes. Yeah. Oh, actually, when do we bring up Wordle on the list? That's 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 what I play in every day, mate. Oh, Doesn't matter. Shit. Well, no one included yeah, it in the round of Yeah, okay. we should. Oh. Oh, we I completely it. forgot to. This is the second week in a row we forgot to talk about Okay, Wordle. you know what? No, no, no. We, we, we need to get through it. We need to get through KO the Kangaroo, and then we can tangent again, all right? It's... <laughs> 
God, we've been doing part two for nearly six minutes. We got through one story, and then this has just been a train wreck. I mean, we don't really need to talk about Wordle. What's there to talk about, really? <laughs> no, 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 we don't need to talk about... Okay, is, Kang- is KO the Kangaroo done? Are we, are we done with KO the Kangaroo? Uh, just quickly, trailer, I, I, I actually legitimately want to say, like, it looks interesting. Maybe I'll get it at a discount later down the line and talk about it. And talk about how much better Crash 4 is. Continue. <laughs> yeah, and talk about how much better Crash 4 is, because everything this game's doing for marketing looks like Crash 4 ripoff. Um, and for... <laughs> Money number nine and for those two. playing at home, I can confirm that Kanga is a um, legitimate word in Wordle. That's that's K A N G A. Kanga. What's it? What, what, what does it mean, Steve? <laughs> it's short for kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what I expected. Still disappointed. Cool. <laughs> um. All right. I know that the next thing on the list is that Crisis Four has been announced. That's fine. So Wordle. So like, I think we've all been playing Wordle quite a bit. That's kind of cool. Do you want the definition? Um, Basically, all. So, sorry, Josh. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do, you want, do you want the definition? It is a kakenga is a large piece of fabric which has been used to wrap around the body. <laughs> Not quite a kangaroo. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that information. Use it in Wordle. T- wrap it around use your body. It in Wordle tomorrow. Or today for you. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be my starting word. Oh, man. Can't wait to use both A's on my first guess like a complete chump. <laughs> Um, you get a K in there as well. So Wordle, for anyone that doesn't know, I, I feel like it would be very difficult to not know what it is uh, at this point, but it's a fun little game, comes out every day, that you have six guesses to guess a five-letter word, uh, and that's basically it. The game will, will feed back and say which letters are in the right place. It's kind of like Hangman for, for those or that Mastermind, played that. Or Mastermind, I've been uh, told it's very old... similar to, but I have not played Mastermind. See, I haven't played that one, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah. obviously it's, it's, not, it's not a new concept in and of itself. It's just packaged in a way that's now very accessible, being just it's on like, a website. guess who with letters. <laughs> and the way that they have to share, <laughs> oh, the way they have you share your uh, results is also very inducive to social media and getting the word out yes for um people to get like get interested in it because people see all these green gray and yellow boxes and they're like what the fuck is a wordle and then they find out what it is and it becomes oh god i'm addicted to wordle yeah yeah after you do one you're like oh why can't i do another one i have to wait till tomorrow and then you're like that's how the habit sets in yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's gone to the point that i do these before work every morning just to just to wake up yeah yeah if i don't Uh, have my daily wordle i start getting itchy does anyone else have easy access to their Wordle stats? I do. I have my I'll stats I'll bring it up, up right on now. my brand new phone. Oh, so, so you'll have so like you have yeah, two days worth of data. I'll look it up. Hang on. Oh, I have it up. So, so I have 20 oh. games played, a 95% win ratio, and my current streak is a 13 win streak. Sweet. I have played 17 games. I have won 100% of them, and my streak, surprising no one, is 17. Oh, sure. Show off. Uh... So mine, mine's incorrect because I did some of them on PC, but on my phone, it's 18. 100% win rate, 18 streak, 18 max streak. So yeah, literally the same, 18, 18. Well, I have seven games. And my lowest guess word was two. Ah, very good. So I have seven played, an 80, uh, 86% win streak, and I'm currently on a two streak with a max streak of four. Imagine not being so, high, so on, on the other part of this, on the other part of the stats, <laughs> how are your guest distributions Shit. going? Oh, I've better back up. Hang on. Um, so, so for I've those got... following at home, uh, we're just going to do the numbers, and each number that we read out will be one guess through to six guesses. And if you don't get it within six guesses, you lose. So, for example, I will say that uh, zero, zero, two, five, eight, two, which means that I've had zero and one guess, zero and two guesses, two and three, five and four, eight and five, and two and six. Does that sound confusing enough? Excellent. So, yeah. what will be your numbers? <laughs> Mine are zero, zero, seven, five, 
four, three. If you put that into the lotto tomorrow, you might win. <laughs> and you have to split half of it with Good, Seth. Those guys, are the rules. That's not actually particularly great. Mine is so like evenly distributed. I'm like two, three, seven, five, one. Oh, sorry, zero for, for number one. So zero, two, three, seven, five, one. Yeah, remind us what one of those two streaks was. Uh, one of the, one of those two guesses was Josh. Oh, that was amazing! I don't remember the first word I put. Do you remember, Seth? Yeah, it, it was, was penis. Uh, oh, sorry, not, 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 not the first word. The second, the second word. I remember what the word was. Yeah, solar. I literally was just memeing. Oh, sorry, I was solar. I was just memeing, and I was like, I'm just gonna do penis, and I was like, oh, cool. There's like one one letter in this, and I just did solar. Time to just soul read the universe. Yeah, and literally guessed it. And the dumbest part about that whole thing is that I wanted to do solar to start with. And I, I could have had it in one, but no one would have ever believed me. So this works out better because now it's a meme. It's much more believable that he types penis in first. So if, <laughs> if, if, you want to sell, if you want to sell solar panels or any kind of energy storage solution, uh, I, know, uh, I know that one of us uh, on, on uh, this show would be very interested to meet you. Probably yeah, at a I bar late at night. <laughs> and uh, Steve, how was your distribution? Oh, my brand new repaired phone, my distribution is... Yeah. Zero, zero, zero. Zero, 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 one, four, one. So, yo, um, <laughs> sounds like an area code. <laughs> yeah, I think I, you put all those also, numbers uh, together, you phone a pizza place. <laughs> I swear I got a couple of like threes, <laughs> um, but I'll never get a two. You, you're ringing EB games I, and they're like, oh, I guess. Yeah, battle <laughs> well, man, that's a meme from like fucking 20 years I, ago. Oh, it takes me back. But how good. <laughs> he was one of the OG scrimblows too. He was. <laughs> So I guess there's one more topic we can talk about with it, and is does anyone have um like a tradition they do with this game? Like I for a while I was always starting with the word aisle because I would hit A I, uh and E and S and L are also kind of common letters, so I'd hit uh three vowels and two kind of common consonants and just go based on that. But recently I changed it up to radio. It's it's still the same thing where it's uh three vowels, but R and D uh, are a little one. less common than. Radio is not yeah. bad. Yeah, I go out of my way to uh, to deliberately choose a new word each day, so it's a bit more challenging. I haven't failed one yet, so I I, I want to. I want to. I want to struggle. Although some of the words have been rough. Oh, I I, I ended up um, pumping one of them into the group chat where it was like I I didn't have a single like feedback of a letter in in an incorrect spot until the third guess, and mm, then nothing the in the correct spot until I think maybe one on the fifth guess, and then I just soul read the word on the sixth guess. Was that when it was Abby? No, nah, it wasn't Abby. Abby, I got earlier. Um, Abby I don't remember one what, that one, what that one was. That was. Abby was really rough on me because I had never seen that word before. Yeah. I only knew what it was because of WoW. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting word. Pretty sure I, I only knew what it was because of Red Wall. I remember you sent a message about Seth like, hey, this is a name. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, nope. Uh, so another like fi- final point, and then we can get back to other news, other less less important news. Um, have you guys ever like let's let's say right you you've done your first couple of guesses in Wordle. You're like okay, so I know where like let's say two or three of the letters are in the right spot, and so you have two choices here. Either on the next guess you put the three letters that you know are in the in the right spot in the right spots, and you just try and like soul read the last two, or do you know or do you go okay, I already know where three of these are in the right spot. I'm gonna write off this fourth guess and just see what letters come back, and then I like I have a higher shot of getting it the one after. So it depends how I'm feeling on that word because sometimes I'll be like. Like there's there's enough here for me to work with. I'll go with with um trying to guess it on uh what's available to me. Or sometimes it's like I have no idea what this word is. I'm going to put something in I know is wrong just to eliminate letters and hope I can soul read it the next guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. So you too. I 
I also have done that, like where I'm like, okay, cool. I just need to throw something in, right? Just to, to see what I can get letters out of the way. So maybe I can form something, but there is a hard mode that you can turn on where you have to use the information that you get. So if you get a yellow, so you know it's in the word, you have to use that. And if you use a green, then you have to use that in that spot too. Oh, so, you can't fact. burn out the, yeah, cause that's, I'll, um, I'm, no, you yeah, I'm very much in the out. second camp. I'll get to yeah. like guesses three or four and I'll be like, I'm just trying to burn through letters now. Mm. With, with yeah, over on uh, my girlfriend's day, uh, Discord server, we've been sharing all our wordle guesses and everything. So I've got access to what word actually defeated me. And I, it was the word tangy. Oh yeah, that's I went aisle oh. board. Tangy. Yeah, that, that was very, that was very hard. <laughs> me because the day before we got hit by by abby which put me in the mindset of it's got to be a double letter word so i went aisle bored happy tammy tacky and taffy wow, and rip. that that's what ended up uh, doing me in but um yeah because a, a lot of people on the server are going through it at the moment we've uh, we've uh, put up the decision that at the end of this month we're going to turn on hard mode and do that for a month Ooh, just nice. to uh, change up our stats a little bit and see I'll how we go same day. i'm not even sure where uh, There's a cog um, at the top right of the of the thing, I believe. Hmm. Let's um, go check it out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it is. Oh, at the top right, the end settings. There's also like a graph thing. Oh, that just shows your stats. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 one's the share button. I'm familiar with that one. There is a colorblind mode as well, which makes things orange for people that um, have issues seeing the colors. So if you're colorblind, like some of my friends are, uh, you can turn that on. See, I'm I'm not colorblind, but the the keyboard that my phone, because I, I play it on my phone, the keyboard that my phone gives me for that app, the the uh, gray and the so like the gray, it's not the letter, and the black, you haven't tried this letter yet, are so close. When there's any kind of light on the phone, it's a pain in the ass. Mm, mine's pretty similar, but I installed a black keyboard which might be why the one that the one that i had to soul read the final guess of was null by the way oh yeah that was hard that was a hard word again so I, I didn't i didn't get anything until two letters in the in incorrect spots on guess three and then three letters in incorrect spots on guess five and then i just soul read the word on guess six yeah i th that was the one i guessed on guess six as well the only one i've gotten to six with and that was yeah that was hard i ended up literally googling grassy null to remember how it was spelt because i was convinced <laughs> it was the word and i was convinced it was the word from like guess three but i'm like oh it doesn't fit it doesn't have like a g because i thought it was like the mythical null and i was like oh it doesn't work like it's not it but then yeah googled it Pamela popped up last with JFK stuff then put it in <laughs> now, now you're on the list congratulations yeah. um the final word uh final <laughs> final word on wordle um what is the one word that you continually type and you wish was a word but is in fact not one i'll go first mine is tendy the number of times i wanted to type the word tendy in and it being not be accepted is annoying it only fits as a six letter with an ie <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've run into that problem. I'll throw uh, in some like just. The only ones I'll just, I think of short I'll hand throw hands. some things in just to be like, oh, I'm not sure if this will be accepted. Um, like, okay, what are you doing? Words with friends. Nine times out of ten, they don't get in. But yeah, I don't think, so Kanga is actually a word. Uh, if you guys. <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised that that prick was a word, but then yeah, I realized, too. oh, you can prick your finger, and yeah. that's probably what it's going with. Mm. There was something that uh, when, when favor was a word. Uh, that not having a U surprised me. Uh, yeah, it goes well, with cause... it goes with um uh, American English, not yeah. uh, British English. But like the we website's do. in the UK. I know that's what makes it so much weirder. <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't think this is the word, <laughs> and it was, and I was like, okay, uh, sure, okay, I. I didn't. I I know there's flavor flavor difference. I didn't realize favor favor was also a difference. I've only ever spelt it. Oh, uh, oops. There's also color color. Yeah, yeah, color yeah, color. I know as well. Uh, there's eight letters. Oh, what about what about? <laughs> uh, there's what? There's one more thing Link that I want. <laughs> 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 like, I'm gonna Jobs. try that word. God. <laughs> 
surf. Yes. There's there's one more fun fact I wanted to get in there, and that's the creator of the game is uh, his name is Josh Wardle, as in W A R D L E. He just changed out one letter for his name. So and that was so it. His, his website has a typo in it. Could you use no. his word? <laughs> no, his... Uh, as a QA, can you fix that for him, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? All I do is just tell him what the bug is. is. Six letters. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's man. What the hell? Uh, I'm just typing oh, well. in Ligma uh, now to see if it works. Ah, <laughs> uh, not in no, word no list. Does, oh. does it work? No, it should be. Well, well there's added. your answer for words that we can't put in. Ligma oh, bros. Is that sounds. <laughs> oh, what about Sigma? Let's find out. Sigma? Sigma should be, because it's part of the... Oh, actually, I no, but, guess... No, but it's Greek. It's pr- Greek. It probably doesn't have bases yeah. in English. It's in, baby. That's going to be the word oh. I check tomorrow. It'll be my first word forever now. <laughs> All right, so we got two bugs <laughs> to, to write to Josh Wardle. <laughs> It'd be like Scrabble where people are like, no, no, this is this is definitely a word. Trust me. <laughs> um, anyway, shall we move back to the news? God, I think that might be one of our worst tangents yet. Uh, Crisis 4 was announced. <laughs> it was the hardest we crashed into a tangent. <laughs> it's still going, apparently. So Crisis uh, 4 was announced. <laughs> yeah, please, Josh, take us out. Oh, sure. I mean, Crisis 4, I mean, everyone's obviously memeing on it because Crisis 1 was, uh, you know, quite an intensive game for its time. Can it run Crisis is probably one of the, the most known memes in gaming, but um, yeah, I mean... I've I mean, seen... you say that, but I still don't know if any computer can run Crisis 1. Oh, that's why they're building those new supercomputers. Um, the, oh, the meta fantastic. ones on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was it was leaked very shortly before through some like Chinese social media thing. Um and there was like just a banner or something, I think the leak was. And then they just announced it like a couple of hours later, which um, I think from memory, I'm just reading the article as well to make sure. But yeah, yeah. So basically the Crytek CEO said it won't be called Crisis 4 uh, back in 2012. Uh, and everyone's like, cool, Crisis 4. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see what they end up calling it. But I mean, we haven't really had any details other than like, hey, you know, it's the first Crisis game in like, what, 10 years? Ten, yeah, ten years. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, 2012 was Crisis 3. Yeah, so. Crisis Crazy. 3 came out when everyone was really into bows and arrows. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's right. right. That weird stealth mechanic and everything going invisible and stuff. I never actually played it. Yeah. Cause, is it a good game? Oh, yeah. Oh. No. All right, then. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's okay, but Crisis 1 was, like, really, really good. Crisis 2 was like, yeah, that's okay. And then 3 was nah, not, not, not the best in the series. Well, that'll um, be exciting. Anyway, uh, we will have to wait and see what comes of that. Next up on the list, we have... Uh, someone that actually plays Guilty Gear Strive left at Biken. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I was going to say, I'm, I'm 0 for 1 on, on character name pronunciation in this segment, so I just, I'm, I'm scared. So, okay, Biken, coming to Guilty Gear Strive this week. Who wants to tell us about Isn't this one? the Balkans? Seth? Uh, so, Biken's coming out in Guilty Gear tomorrow, actually. So, uh, Josh said he's going to be playing this tomorrow instead of uh, another game that's coming out, which we'll get to later. But it's, um, it's, it's Ar- I've, I've definitely mentioned knows. it in this episode that Arceus <laughs> is coming out tonight. <laughs> About but. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, surprise! <laughs> um, but it only comes out tomorrow for the people that have the season pass. It comes out on the thirty first, I think. Yeah, thirty first. Um, for the people that that want to buy it individually instead of part of the pass. Biken is one of those characters that's always really popular with the community, so it's good to see her coming I back wonder now. Why. <laughs> yeah, you look you look at her and you wonder why, but no, she's she, just in general she's a really cool character. She really has her. a lot of plots for her move set. Come on, <laughs> no, just from a from a know. design standpoint, she's really cool because she's like this uh, uh, this one armed uh, samurai going through Japan, killing all the gears in the guilty gear. Yeah, but um, she's looking really cool. for like an innocent gear or yeah. something. No, to her, all the gears are Ooh. guilty, no matter what. 
Uh, we, I, I, I like think that we actually Steve was memeing, but didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Meme, meme denied. Um, yeah. I think we actually mentioned Biken coming in one of the episodes last year, if I'm not mistaken, because we were talking uh, about. Yeah, so that was when she was announced, it. and now that now she's being released, so this is kind of like a follow up to that. Yeah, like, no, saying, that's hey, cool. she's coming yeah. now. Mm. See, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I also, pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Also, something really cool that's coming alongside her is that um, they're doing this new mode called Combo Maker, where you can uh, do a combo and then upload it for other people to try out. So this will be a good oh, really? way for people to try and learn how to do like their general bread and butters or corner, corner combos when like someone's able to do do one in training mode, upload it for other people to play. And then um, like if you're trying to learn a character, you can go into this mode and learn from other people that are obviously better at the game. I didn't know that was coming. That's awesome. I'll definitely use that. So if I, if I set up a camera while playing at a LAN and then I stand up and walk over and throat punch the other guy. Can I upload that? Yes. As long as it's more than in, one in hit. In fact, it's, it's encouraged. <laughs> um, one last thing I want to mention on this. Her hobbies on the official website is just drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, but she's this... so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why everyone loves her. Besides her massive plot. Also, she has a really cool like uh, ultimate slash finisher slash whatever you want to call it. So it's probably one yeah, of the better her, ones in the game. Her instant kills were always great. Yeah, yeah, they're excellent. Um, all right, shall we move on? Yeah, that's cool. I'm sure people that pay that play guilty gear will tell us all about that next week or you know in in the future in the future next thing up on the list we have the stranger of paradise final trailer shown uh this is of course the precursor to um final fantasy one no no it's a it's remake a retelling basically. remake of final fantasy one like ah, it's a, okay they're, they're remaking final fantasy one but doing a massive twist on that story right and making the combat worse which we have also talked about i'm pretty sure <laughs> uh in a previous episode but tell us about these it's trailers one anyway. of my most anticipated games yeah that too tell us about t- tell us about it Seth. so the, start, the first half of the trailer is very much what you expect from this game. It's very edgy, lots of chaos, lots of killing. And then out of nowhere, at the 2 minute and 50 second mark, it, it starts playing Saint, uh, Frank Sinatra's uh, My Way, and it just becomes very somber and introspective, and this is the greatest trailer I've ever seen. I love it so much. Anything with Frank Sinatra is good. The best part about it in the trailer is that he's getting married, but he's still got his phone in his hand. Like I don't know gamer. if he's getting married there because it just looks like some armor he could be wearing. <laughs> For the it, sake of the meme, yeah. he's getting married. The, the chick looks like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and holding his phone up. I, I also want to add in that. Would you say that she's in a kanga? <laughs> <laughs> got him. Do you do you think do you think a veil is a kanga? Well, it was a large piece of fabric that is mayonnaise an instrument. So, no, not quite body. But yeah, um, uh, they they also showed a combat trailer that just kind of goes into a general overview of how the game mechanics work. And something that was interesting in there is that they're saying that they're going to do uh co-op specific raids, dungeons, and end game content, which I think is going to be very fun to do go through with uh, to other people. Yep. But also in that combat overview trailer. They showed a dungeon that looks very suspiciously like it's based on um, the first dungeon from Final Fantasy XIV, which means this dungeon is following me into another game and I can't fucking escape it. <laughs> it's hilarious because that dungeon is like, is, is memed upon and renowned as like, a, oh god, please not this again. <laughs> uh, you, and... you load into that uh, dungeon as a tank, you just turn on your tank stance and go wall to wall. Yeah, you literally just pull everything, try and get it done as quickly as possible. <laughs> you just don't want to do it. 
until the dungeon says no, you will take this slowly. Yeah, cool. So yeah, that, I'm that's assuming all that I had to say about that. Yeah, it, so that, that really added fantastic. to your excitement for the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, they they show a lot in that in those two trailers that just makes it much more exciting to get into that when it comes out. Yeah, awesome. I don't know if we spoke about the demo at all previously, but I think this game gives me a lot better impressions on what the demo actually did of the game. Um, so I I'm a little bit more keen for it now. So. Looks, looks pretty the good. last demo was pretty rough when it came to the second level, like so I'm hoping that they've optimized it a lot since then. But um I, I've got faith that this will be very, very good and very enjoyable. A, a Neo type game with Final Fantasy mechanics sounds really fun to me. Mm. It, it also for a time it was like my most played uh, PS five game for a while. And it was a demo. <laughs> yeah. Well that, yeah. that's that's because that's the only thing available on PS five, yeah, right? Hours and that's it. Everything else is hundred and twenty five dollars for a six hour game. <laughs> yeah, it was all I could play before I could afford buying an actual PS five game. Yeah. But more the most important thing I wanna know about it. Are they gonna change the name? We don't know. We, well, we 100% know it's not the Final Fantasy. They've made 16 of them by now. So should it just be called Fantasy? Or should it be called the first Fantasy? Well, do you know why it was called yeah, Final Fantasy? Yeah, uh, they were going to run out of money. So they're like, oh, let's just make this. Uh, there was also because they wanted to call it something else and it was already trademarked. Ah. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like Magic Fantasy or something like that. I, I, do you remember, Seth, what it was going to be called? I... Don't know actually. They wanted to call it something, and yeah, it was already trademarked by another uh, like RPG. Um, and yeah, they decided that it was going to be the the last one because they had no money. So Final Fantasy, and that's how they come uh, up with it. You know what's my favorite fun facts though about the naming conventions of Final Fantasy? The fact that uh, the chapters in the games are always the same. That's pretty cool. No, uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi, the guy that create uh, like the main creator behind the Final Fantasy games, he went and uh, made his own uh, development studio called Mistwalker. And one of their first games on the Wii was called The Last Story. Neat. Mm. So, you know, Final Fantasy, Last Story, kind of similar names The there. Last Guardian. I, Last Guardian is fantastic. That is a very... I'm so wrong about that game. Um, you're... Uh, it was going to be called Fighting Fantasy. Ah, Fighting Fantasy. That would have been a cool name. Ah. Yeah. So either way, that was, so, so what you're saying is that they, they were set on uh, on FF as the... Uh, like FF1 well, was always what it was going to be known as. It might not be FF in Japanese. I don't, I don't know the word for Final or Fantasy in Japanese, but they, they might not be the same. Maybe. I can't wait. It's it, it's a uh, time release for the PS5, isn't it? So, um, us X. What, Stranger of Paradise? Is it, or am I thinking of 16? No, the okay. uh, 16 Good you're point. thinking of. Stranger of Paradise had um uh, had uh, a PS5 exclusive for the demos, but it's coming to uh, okay. everything straight uh, away. Well, then, uh, Microsoft will buy Square Enix next, don't worry. Well, we've gotten every other um, thing God on Game imagine. Pass. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be huge. Sony bros, you lost. That's what happened. <laughs> anyway, uh, switching gears to Star Wars now. We have confirmation that Respawn is making three new Star Wars games. Uh, I don't really know why. Uh, Last Order was okay, but they have, or Fallen Order, whatever it was, but they haven't exactly had a great track record for recent Star Wars games, unless I'm mistaken. In saying that, Battlefront 2 was really fun later. Yeah, I was, I fully expected them to do a Fallen Order 2, but three new Star Wars games from Respawn seems like overkill to me. Hmm. I'm, I'm still hopeful. Yeah, Fallen Order is really good. Um, I'm sure it'll, if they do make a number two, they'll probably learn from their mistakes because it did sort of feel very samey and it had like a lot of problems on release, um, even though I played it like three years after released. Never by Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure one of those three games is going to be yeah. Fallen Order 2. I mean, well, so they, they said that it was going to be 
an action-adventure game in the Star Wars Jedi series. <gasps> Star Wars Jedi Wars, Academy uh, 3. We've oh, yeah, they... That's it. We're going home. Star Wars Jedi oh. Academy is like probably one of the best Star Wars games of all time. Well, there you go. So No, it's, it's because the Fallen Order was called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, was it? Was it? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I got it with my Xbox and it never ran properly, so I never played it. <laughs> um, Star Wars... And, and it's by Stigger Mussen, so yeah, it's definitely a Fallen Order sequel. Huh. I mean, it might not be, but yeah, it probably is. So yeah, there's uh, that action-adventure game, uh, a shooter game, and a strategy game. So the strategy game is the one I'm the most interested in. <laughs> Dawn of War Star Wars, let's go. Oh, how good would Total War Star Wars Ooh, be? be? Oh my god. Actually. That'd be so good. Oh, I'd be so keen for that. Although, yeah, it'd have to be done really well. Otherwise, it would really upset I'm, me. I'm surprised they're going to be doing the first-person shooter because that's usually the dice thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Respawn did a few... Um, I, I know Respawn games. does the first-person shooter. They they're, in, they're in charge of um, Titanfall. Yeah, and Titanfall also in charge 2 is of, one of the um, most Legends. underrated games. Oh, my God. True. True. Join the line, buddy. Uh, so many podcasters talk about how that's so underrated. Oh, but it is. I only played it for the first time last year, just for some achievements, and I was like, yeah. "Wow, this is nah, this is incredible! Thing. What a what yeah. a campaign!" Like, I, I pre-ordered the first game, and I was like, "This is bad." <laughs> played the second game, and I was like, just as like, a, "Oh, I, I might as well just play it. It's here," and I was just utterly blown away. Highly recommend. Cool. So we'll have to wait and see what more info we get from those Star Wars games. Next up on the docket, though. Oh, God. Okay, let's try it. Uh, Homura Hime? I'd say yeah. Homura Hime. Yeah, ho- yeah Homura Hime. Homura Hime. Uh, I'll give myself half a point for that. Uh, announced for PC, uh, which looks to be some quite, uh, looks to be something that takes a lot of inspiration from Nier Automata. So, this set, uh, Seth, this sounds like right up your alley. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, so this is, um, uh, this looks like a smaller uh, game that's coming out set like. I believe it's a Taiwanese indie game that's going to be coming out. Uh, very much inspired by Near Automata in how it looks uh, to play gameplay-wise. Like, it's very um, hack-and-slashy, a lot of bullet-held mechanic. Um, so, the thing you'd expect to see from a um, Yoko Taro game. But, um, yeah, just this is mostly just a uh, call to say, hey, if anyone's listening to this and wants to give it a ch- look at, um, because I think this could use some more eyes on it. It looks, uh, it looks very fun to play. It's got a gorgeous art style. Mm, it absolutely and does. Yeah just, yeah, just give it a check. Yeah, no, this looks actually incredible. I remember, um, and it says in, in this article as well, that it was uh, developed by, just starting to develop by like just one student in 2018. And I remember seeing something about it. I remember this. Um, but yeah, no, it looks it looks very, very good. Um, the art style in particular is just incredible. Yeah, the art style is fantastic. And this is also a... Yeah, it's like uh, Risk of Rain. Yeah, yeah this is a call to arms to everybody to again. Yeah, also, yeah, near and near automata very fantastic games give them a play but uh while you're at it check this out it's it's you don't get many games that are like near in its terms of its gameplay and it, what it's doing with combining action games and bullet hells so this might be a good chance to check something else something else out that's very similar to that hmm cool exciting stuff uh we will move on though uh this is kind of a follow-up to what i guess was the biggest thing anyone was ever talking about last week the uh equ- the acquirement, acquisition? the acquisition. Thank you. That's a word uh, of uh, Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. The follow-up is that we have confirmation that the next three Call of Duty games will be on PlayStation, but after that, we don't really know. And it's funny that you know the next three games also takes us to when the acquisition would be complete. So not looking good for COD on PlayStation. Well, it wouldn't be the next three which are acquisition it, being complete. It's uh, but all three of them are lined up for before 2023 because one of them is the next. 
next major Warzone release, oh, which is slated for end of next year. Oh, God. Okay. So it's going to be the Call of Duty that releases this year, the Call of Duty that releases next year, and the Warzone that comes out next year. They also go on to say in the article that they're thinking about turning uh, Call of Duty into an every two-year release rather than an every year release. You mean they're going to make it a good game? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He never said a good game. He never said a good game. That's, that's, he never said yeah, that. Yeah, I'm rushing one out every year. There's only so much generic first-person grey shooter you can make. Like, At what point do you realise yeah, it's just I just don't think oh. it. I just don't think it's sustainable for them to make a Call of Duty every year now with like the budget they're trying to do just for all of them. No. And be think, done. Yeah, hopefully that brings the, uh, the campaigns back to a good level if they have have time to story write and voice act and everything correctly right i i think it like that's what i enjoyed about quality the most was all the campaigns so hopefully they bring yeah, those yeah. back and it's becoming more expensive to do those to a high quality mm. in the one year time limit so stretching that out to every two years gives them a chance to flesh those out more and get them into a better state i'd like to see like a co-op campaign from them would be really good like a four-player co-op campaign it's just Halo. Yeah, that would be steps. fun. No, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'd like yeah, to Halo's see... not doing co-op at the moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. Halo didn't do it yet. Um, but I would like to see it done in a in a non-sci-fi fashion. I think would be quite cool. Bring back to like sort of modern like... warfare. Would you say? Mm, I wouldn't say modern warfare. I, I think World of War was their best oh, game. For um, fuck's sake, like... Josh! Every fucking week. How could? What, what do you mean? <laughs> the only thing World of War <laughs> did good was introduce zombies. Oh, oh I my! Zombies. <laughs> Right. Wow. No, the zombies were okay. Kill I just him. I, I <laughs> kill him. No, I um it was a lot more like uh the, the gun games I kinda play where it's like very intense one shot you kinda die thing and it was like, you know, bolt action rifle. Uh, okay, yeah. So that's that's the kind of stuff that I like. So that, that's why I like that one the most. So but, with um, the with the headline in mind though, it. we don't really know what this is gonna look like after the acquisition. Do we think it's likely COD will continue on PlayStation? I don't think so. This lines up with what uh, uh, Microsoft did with uh, Bethesda earlier, where uh, they they kept their word and uh, they're keeping their contracts in place for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. But as soon as the acquisition happens, they're like, yep, no, uh, from now on, anything Bethesda makes is for us only. I disagree, but only in one aspect. I think that the free-to-play, like, Warzone-style thing will still be on everything because that's how they draw in money, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, that they can't take that because that's already on everything. It's the same thing with No, I mean, Minecraft. like, if they continue to make new ones, I think that that will still be available. Um, but I think the... the more story like main series games for lack of a better term will be um probably uh exclusive pc and uh, xbox did minecraft dungeons come out yeah, on minecraft Switch? Dungeons done everything uh i believe it has now yeah it didn't on release but it, I yeah think it i now. i only remembered it being on xbox and pc at release i didn't know if they ported it to anything else no it's on that yeah yeah most uh most of the microsoft games port to switch yeah, i think it's on ps4 as well the ones tablets. that can run um but minecraft is that weird thing that microsoft owns that like they're literally putting it out onto like everything that moves like it's the skyrim for kids type of thing because it makes them so much money yeah yeah no this this was the other thing i was going to bring up in that minecraft by itself is on everything it's just usually they give a preferential treatment to uh, PC and Xbox in terms of um, like ray tracing and stuff like that. Um, but um, they really. do eventually. PC. Um, they do put those patches out on everything, and they do keep it alive on every console because that game is too big and it exists on everything. But uh, if if uh, Minecraft Dungeons hadn't been on everything else, and it was just like when it released only on xbox and pc it could be a similar thing where um 
on release, it's just Xbox and PC, and then they'll put it out on everything else a little later. But um, yeah, that, that's where I'm coming from it. I think the ecosystem that Microsoft is working towards isn't conductive for that, so I'd, I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of hope so, despite not, never really playing a PlayStation anymore, but um, I don't think that's going to be the case. We will have to wait and see who's right on that. Next one up on the list, we have new master, new remasters of an Xbox series on the way. Uh, it's an X. It's, Steve, it's this, an Xbox this ticket. Reads of like course, so it was mine. Um, and the way I write things in the docket is obviously conducive to how I talk in real life as well. So this is quite interesting because it was like a on an Xbox era is a different sort of podcast that goes on that talks about the insides of like sort of Xbox. Uh, and one of the co-founders of that has sort of hinted that there's something going on behind the scenes in terms of a big remaster on the same type of level as like the Master Chief collection. So that opens a whole can of worms on what that could be, like whether a... Oh, I see what you mean. Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I was so, going to figure it out. Yeah, okay, yeah so I'm the Master Chief collection essentially was Halos 1, 2, 3, uh, Reach and 4 all squashed into one and remade for sort of... Or, like last gen as in like the Xbox One and sort of putting it all into sort of one place and under one banner. And more importantly... Yes, and putting it out to PC as well. Um, and they did a lot of changes with the multiplayer as well with that type of thing when that released. So it'd be sort of interesting where they go with this. Some people have been saying it's Gears, which probably isn't really realistic because they did a couple of touch-ups with um, Gears 1, 2, and 3 a couple of years back before Gears 5 released. It is, but it doesn't. They make it just easy released an anniversary package. edition of um, Gears One recently, didn't they? It wasn't recently. recently. It's like three or four years, years ago. Um, yeah, I I still count that as fairly recently. Yeah, I guess so. In terms of how old that game one is, one tenth of the time that I've been alive. But yeah. yeah, yeah. If if, if, COVID, <laughs> if COVID weren't a thing, we would think that it was recent. Yeah, yeah. Like, and some people are saying it could be the Fable series as well, which I highly doubt because that's oh God, yeah. I, so. I highly doubt that because there's no really multiplayer aspect to that but so it just the fable thing that they teased was actually just this and it's not actually a new fable game and let's down God, everyone man <laughs> I, my anger would boil over um yeah yeah same but it's just sort of interesting to sort of see like sort of what this type of things are doing sort of obviously microsoft is sort of looking backwards and saying okay what used to work what what has sold us previously in the past what do people have a lot of nostalgia with but this sort of does say a lot of how media in general, especially with like movies and TV shows, just rehashing old things instead of having good ideas and playing on the, the nostalgia factor. But I, I'm cautiously optimistic as I am with everything. Um, personally, I'd like it to be Fable. That'd be sick. Fable over Gears. Uh, but it would sort of see sort of see how we go. We'll probably find out something in probably E3 or something. I wonder if it's a traditionally Microsoft Studios game or if it could be something that they've acquired, like maybe like another Rare Replay or something. Hmm, interesting. Um, uh, I don't know. Well, if, I, if we didn't see that Knights of the Old Republic trailer that was coming to the PlayStation like a while months ago, a couple months ago, I would have said it's that. Um, but then it... Could even be Age of Empires, to be honest. Hmm, now that is a... Hmm, interesting. Hmm. But yeah, time will tell. Maybe in six months we'll find out and then we'll revisit it and I'll... Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it's going to be something shit like um, Viva Pinata. I hope it's Blinks of Oh, God, I said it's Blinks of Time Speed. Holy shit. Oh, the Mario killer himself. Did you say... What, what did you say? Sorry, Blinks the Time Sweeper. Blinks, Blinks the, the yeah. Cat. Blinks the Cat. I've never you even played Blinks the Time Sweeper. Oh, oh, man, that No. That, that was the go-to Xbox mascot Yeah, that was supposed to be the Mario killer. Or the... the the Sonic Killer. Oh, man, that's such a good game. My soldier glasses are probably fogging up right now because it's probably shit. But, um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. 
Sweet. Uh, thank you for that, Steve. Next up on the list, we have a couple of uh, leaks. So I guess hard to verify, but possibly on the horizon, we have some. Uh, we have we have uh, I guess two uh, to discuss. Uh, first yeah, one. Two very quick. I'd like to go through. Yep. Oh, it could be Gex. Um, so <laughs> NetEase uh, NetEase now owns um a grass a grasshopper manufacturer. And um, they had Lollipop Chainsaw and Shadow of the Damned under their belt earlier. And it seems like they're in talks to get those rights back to those developers so that they can do some re-releases or new entries in those series. And Lollipop Chainsaw is a a B-grade game that I love the shit out of. It's like the best 7 out of 10 game I've ever played. <laughs> and uh, I, I've, I've got... <laughs> what an this, endorsement. This is it's a high tier of 7 out of 10 as opposed uh, to the lower tier. Yeah, it's like a 7.9. Yeah, to, 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 yeah, to the uninitiated, you, know, you might think it's an 8, but don't worry, Seth's here to tell you. Too seven. much water. <laughs> yeah, 7. It's it's like, it's just it's just on the verge of being good enough to play. <laughs> But no, uh, this is this is a game I enjoyed a lot and got a platinum in, and I'd love to see them re-release it on modern consoles. Um, it's actually one of the few PS3 games that I've kept a hold of uh, just to replay it at some point. But uh, a little more exciting than that, uh, it seems like that MotorStore might be uh, coming back, and Sony wants to bring back the bring back brands just to be a counterweight to what the Gran Turismo series is. So kind of like how Xbox has Forza for their uh, motorsports games, and then Forza Horizon for their more arcadey games. Uh, Sony wants to do Gran Turismo for their mo- uh, motorsport games and then have MotorStorm on the side. I would be so excited for this. Like, especially after all of the MotorStorm chat from last episode. Yeah, no, I would be so down for this. I would love a, a modern MotorStorm game. Like, I'd even just, just, just re- remaster Pacific Rift. It's fine. I'm not asking for much. Just remaster Pacific Rift. I'd also be fine with that, but a, but a brand new entry that does something new and is built from the ground up. Hell, if they... Do Pacific Rift, but um, rebuild it from the ground up like they did Demon Souls. What about another Splashdown game? I don't know what that is. You didn't? Oh my god! I th- to be fair, it's probably not the most popular game in the world, but it was like a jet ski arcade racing game. That could be their uh, their counterweight. Sounds shit. Motorstorm's better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair. I uh, played listen to last so. week's episode, and you'll hear the love we had for know. Motorstorm. <laughs> oh really? It, oh, it, even, even and amongst, the heartbreak. Yeah, even amongst all the clenched teeth I had with Arctic Edge. Um, yeah, I'm I'm nervous about them creating a new title because Motorstorm for me was always sort of chaotic off-road and so chaotic off-road worked really well in Monument Valley like fantastic like picturesque Motorstorm and then they perfected it with Pacific Rift and I get why they switched it up with Apocalypse but Apocalypse was just such a letdown compared to the the monumental pinnacle that was Pacific Rift in my opinion would you call it the Monsanto world of uh, Motorstorm? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. And I wouldn't call Arctic Edge the iceborne of that because Arctic Edge, I think as a setting was better than Apocalypse, but as a game uh, was was much worse. Arctic Was Arctic Edge the rise of it? <laughs> no, a rise is better, surely. It's the way you're talking about this. Yeah, no, I... I'm I'm just, I'm just skeptical because the last two Motorstorm games we had was the RC game, which... Did anyone ever play that? Did anyone even know that that was a game? Motorstorm RC? Top down racer? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, exactly. But you don't want to remember that. You want to remember the good old days of Motorstorm, right? Not that weird shit that they dropped a few years ago. Uh, And Motorstorm Apocalypse, which... Yeah, it's it's fine. You know, a, abandoned city, everything's crumbling. It's it's okay, but it's not the chaotic off-road arcadey racer that I I you know loved from from the first two, and then you know with Arctic Edge as well. It it just it felt like it felt like Ridge Racer with with um 
like like uh, with, with buildings mixed in is, is what apocalypse felt like to me yeah apocalypse was like it, it was at a time where i feel like maybe the developers wanted to try something new but at the same time they were tracing a trend because there was a few apocalypse type races at the time yeah. um or uh there was uh, racing games coming out where it was all about dynamically changing the um uh, racetrack as you go and so that was probably where their head was for that i don't even re- see i don't even remember the names of them now. like i remember playing them a lot but i don't remember the names of them now um ah oh, what was it was it ridge racer that had the ridge racer was um great. there was like it was like a it was like a shakedown or something where you could like save up power-ups and then cause either one really big destruction or like a bunch of small destruction shoot i'm gonna need to go look up what that game was yeah i know exactly what you're talking about but i don't know th- split second yes yes it was split second yeah Good that memory. was that was actually a pretty fun game i found but, and and it was the same sort of thing that most storm apocalypse was going for but i think split second did it better yes i was just about to say that yep so i'm i'm super excited for another motorstorm game i just i i don't know i'm i'm holding my breath uh, until until you know either it's confirmed which in which case awesome and then follow up what exactly we're, we're looking at here with with the next entry in the series I think it's been that long that uh, going back to the roots of off-road is probably what they'd be looking at. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that that is where they go with it. Might I recommend Pacific Rift? <laughs> and finally on the news docket this week, we have a Steam Deck uh, article which talks about when we can expect things to be shipped and how it actually coincides with the release date of Elden Ring. Who wants to tell us about this one? I can go ahead with that since I put it on the docket. It's just basically I put it on as uh, on the docket as uh, it's the same day as Elden Ring because it's dropping the exact same day. Uh, unfortunately, the Steam Deck isn't releasing in Australia. We couldn't even pre-order it. So uh, mm. everyone in the US and wherever this is coming out, Canada, I hope you enjoy it. One other country. Uh, yeah. Really. Uh, the Steam Deck looks... I, I don't know if we've talked about the Steam Deck on the um, podcast before, but it looks really cool. Um, it's basically a, it's basically a Switch for PC uh, players, and uh, uh, you'll have your entire Steam library on it. Uh, they're saying that it's more open, so you can end up putting your own stuff onto it later on and just do your own version of Windows on there. And yeah, uh, I'm very excited to see what goes on with this because I've been seeing a lot of clips lately of people playing Devil May Cry on it or fighting games on it. And yeah, just Steam Deck's going to be really cool to see what comes out of it later. Mm, I'm not big on um, on this like guy's videos anymore, but but Linus Tech Tips did a um, like an in-person thing shortly after it was announced, and sort of was doing a whole bunch of testing and like comparisons on what he thinks it's going to be like and everything. And just from a software-wise, it's also quite cool because it runs uh, a distro of some kind of Unix thing, so it means that gaming on Linux will be a lot more viable, uh, or hopefully, presumably, that they'll support it a bit more natively. So that's uh, that's really cool. I'm, I'm hoping that it actually takes off and isn't something that you know valve spins up and then leaves to die which they do a lot so yeah we'll see yeah that's also a worry yeah i'm hoping that it works out really well and that um you know it might be what was like a my my psp equivalent as a child brought back to me so we'll we'll find out if they were available in australia would you guys be buying one yeah, uh, I, tried to I wouldn't it. have been able to afford it at the time. They were pretty expensive. They were, but I absolutely would use it every single day. So I tried to pre-order it, and uh, yeah, well, found out it wasn't available in Australia. Sadly, Steve. Um, I'm definitely gonna get it. Well, oh, actually, no. Let me rephrase that. I will consider getting it. I'm not too sure, like when though. Maybe I'll get it in like five years down the track. Like, cause I'm just seeing it as like a 
a switch like a portable i'm seeing it as like a switch adjacent to a pc so it's sort of opens me up to sort of like a bunch of pc exclusives that i would play but then at the same time what sort of pc exclusives are there that would be played like that but it'll be better than the switch because you can put a switch emulator on it and it'll run the games better yeah mm, i also think that at some point um Seth, that is for better knowledge be very like... careful talking about that <laughs> it is um, it is very forbidden no i, I think that the, the the big thing for me is that i i think patrick's saying but I, i'm a bit of a tech head right and i like to just see the the weird like homebrew stuff that people do to things and i think that this just has so much potential so it'd just be really fun to just see what gets done with it and you know potentially turn it into a completely legal emulator of course machine um and various other bits and pieces I a think pirate simulator if you will yeah, <laughs> I'm going to yeah, play nothing but, um, oh god, what's that rare game that's uh, the pirate game? That's sea, like of thieves. Yeah. sea of Thieves. Nothing but Sea of Thieves. And yeah, if if Valve keeps their word and this is basically just a computer where you can mess around with everything yourself, it, it will definitely be very interesting to see what the homebrew market does with this. Oh yeah, massively. Sweet. And with that, we have reached the end of the news. So... Two final things before we uh, before I take us out of episode nine. The first of which is the audience question for this week. We have a lovely fan of Maxwell writing into us. He writes, "Hey boys, long time listener, first uh, t- time typer. I'm assuming first time typer. Uh, big fan of the show. Makes the grinding games flow by easier. Just abuses, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You want to get written in? You're part of the banter now." <laughs> <laughs> Um, thanks, Maxwell. Happy to help. Uh, my question is, what is your opinion on Platinum Trophies and whatever the Xbox equivalent is? I wonder what platform Maxwell plays on. Do you ignore them, hunt them, or casually collect them through general gameplays? Keep up the good work, lads, and then attach a photo of my house. Uh, thank you, Maxwell. I am now very <laughs> scared. Uh, but what do we think? Uh, Seth, Platinum Trophies. Yay or nay? Uh, so if it wasn't obvious after what I said last week where I said I platinumed a bad version of Bayonetta and I platinumed every Kingdom Hearts game... Uh, I, nah, I'm man. on the positive camp of them. Uh, I do enjoy collecting them. So uh, is that that you just casually collected them through general gameplay? <laughs> uh, no, I, well, at the moment, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I used to be a hardcore platinum collector. Does, and, does, um, does, does your therapist make you say, make you say that? <laughs> I do. I, I, I am not at liberty to talk about that. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> but no, um, for a time I was very hardcore into collecting them. Then I loosened off on it for a little while and was just like casually collecting trophies and i'm at the point now where i'm like i'll go for a platinum if i really really enjoy a game or it's and it's like very easy to do i'm not going to go out of my way to do it but if it's something where it's like it's one playthrough all i really gotta do is 100 percent the game which i would have done if i enjoyed the game anyway then yeah i'll go for it fair enough josh what about you I like that you're leaving the very obvious the achievement hunter till last. Uh, I um, you mean that was Seth. He went first. Oh God, no! No, no. When you look at Stephen's achievements, um, yeah. No, I I'm a mix. I when I play Xbox or a, a Windows game, I go out of my way to get them. Um, I I like to 100% things if if I can. Um, but I I play those so rarely uh, because I just play my PC because it's by far the most like powerful thing I have. Uh, that achievements just don't matter they don't give you that serotonin hit in steam like what they do on, on xbox so you don't get I'm, a little sound effects like you do with playstation honestly, and xbox yeah. it just kind of pops up very tindly in the corner no it's it does, like, like, does not do that you. anymore man <laughs> does not do it on xbox yeah <laughs> <Ding>! <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 
know yeah, what no, Steve's I... trigger word is. Uh, <laughs> yes. Remind me to buy Steve one of those like um, Xbox trophies that you plug in that you sync with your Xbox account so that it lights up when you unlock it. Oh my god. That uh, actually my, sounds fantastic. My partner really cool. asked me uh, very quickly to leave. Um, yeah, but if I bought it for you, you could say, oh, I have to keep it, you know. It's Josh Shut for that me, thing like, up, you know? Stephen! Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't. It doesn't ding or anything. It just lights up. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. Stephen modified. He'd I'll, make it I'll, ding. I just start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the sound effects himself. Uh, you absolutely would. Is the best part of that. Um, yeah. So anyway, I uh, like, I'll, I'll go out of my way to collect them on on platforms that I, I feel like they're worth collecting in. Uh, but primarily, like, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to bother. Interesting. What about you, Patrick? Oh, thanks, Patrick. Well, um, I technically <laughs> uh, do something similar to Seth, where uh, it used to be that I, I used to uh, go, I would say, out of my way to platinum quite a few things, particularly back when I played PlayStation. But since migrating to, to Steam, which is where I predominantly do my gaming now, I will go out of my way to, to try and 100% something that I really enjoy. But otherwise, I just have too, I have too many games that I haven't even touched in my Steam library that it's kind of just meaningless now. Like back the like the the trophy sync. It was cool seeing the trophy sync on my Vita when I booted that up over the holidays and seeing that I platinumed like all of Ratchet and Clank and all of the Sly Collection and you know other bits and pieces. But yeah, like I I enjoy it when I've wound up with a rare achievement on Steam. But the completionist thing I reserve for for games that I really enjoy. Um, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I guess the, I guess the cool thing with the Steam one is that if you get a rare one, they make this like shiny little border around it to go, hey, like less than five percent of players have this one, and mm. that's kind of neat. Yeah. But it's kind of has that too. PlayStation's it's not the only enough. It doesn't. <laughs> I, I also like, like the, I also like trophy. how on um, uh, Xbox and uh, PlayStation they have meaning behind it. Like for PlayStation, it's bronze, silver, gold, and platinum trophies, and in Xbox, it's like this achievement was only worth five points, but this this one, this one is worth a hundred points. Until you boot up some of those like indie games, and it's like, hey, here's a hundred points for doing chapter one. Here's a hundred points no, for doing chapter two. Oh, guess yeah. what? There's the absolute worst part yeah. is when you get a game and it's like thirty-six points or eleven points or something. Oh and yeah, yeah. I can't remember which game it was. I think it was like two years ago. I had like an odd number. I think I had like because at the moment I'm at one hundred forty-five thousand achievement points, and I think I was on like ninety thousand and twenty-six or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. that would have So I had to go back and me. find out which game yeah. it was, and I cannot fucking for the life of me remember what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a few games that are like notorious yeah. for it in like the Achievement Hunter things for Xbox. Mm. Just keep it divisible f- yeah, by like five. No reason not yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, same, if I have like Same rules with, uh, like, no. screen, with screen volume. Yep. It has to be even or a bit divisible by five. Yeah. Even then, 15. Oh, nah. Divisible by 10, maybe. Then it's just even. I don't Got know. It depends on the TV. Five, five's okay. Two, two and seven, I can tolerate, but anything else, oh, no. Seven? Anyway, oh. X, X pro gamer Steve, the man himself. Uh, do you go out of your way? Or did you just re- accidentally walk into, like, you, you, you know, just you opened a door one day and it, it was a closet and then out fell 145,000 achievement nah, points. A- you looked around, no one came to claim them, you, and you decided you were going to adopt I've them gotten, yourself. I'm, I'm hardwired now. It's like, I'll, I'll play a game for a bit and then, like, after a couple of days of playing it, I'll just look up achievement guides and be like, all right, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. And I spoil a lot of, um, a lot of story beats that way and it's really bad. Um, <laughs> and there are certain games that, like, 
I'll play them so much to get the 100% that by the time I get to the end of it, it's like, okay, this is, like, I've burnt out. I'm never playing this game again. So, yeah, so I did it with Final Fantasy XIII last year. That's a lot of RNG based <laughs> towards the end. So I had a spreadsheet up so I could keep track of all the items. Um, yeah, I remember that. I was like, I just replayed Final Fantasy XIII on the new Xbox. It runs really well. This is awesome. You should play it. And then you're like, oh, cool. Look, here's the spreadsheet I'm using for the achievements. And I was like, oh, that doesn't look like fun. It's not. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was like... <laughs> Yeah, when you go into that level for achievement grinding, yeah, and there's like out. a couple of, I think it was like Fallout Four when I like 100%ed like everything, and there's like one achievement in one of the DLCs, the Nuka World DLC. You have to get like a thousand tickets or something, and the best way to do it is to like hold a ball and like crouch and uncrouch, so like the ball's going in the in like a hoop, so you get more tickets. But it only gives out like 50 tickets at a time or something, so I had to do it for like fucking ages. My girlfriend walks in and she's like, you've been doing that for a while, Steve. Like, is everything all right? It's like, that's achievement hunting. You know what it's like? Yeah, this is the game, this. honey. And she's like, that's not fun. Achievements aren't fun, baby. They're achievements. <laughs> if, they were, if they weren't fun, yeah. they wouldn't be but achievements. Got to, got to put yeah. food on the yeah, table like, somehow. I genuinely enjoy them and it's... Damn, we eating good today. <laughs> oh, man, if they could convert to dollars. Like, it's gotten to the point, like, I'll... Like, someone will gift me a game on Steam, or someone will, like, loan me something on a PlayStation. I'm like, well, all my stuff's on Xbox. Like, so when I play my Xbox. Oh, my Yeah, well, when I play my. I consider my Xbox my main console to the point where, like, I will exclusively not get any multi plats on any other console. Like, it's just. If it exists on Xbox, I'm going to play it on Xbox. And that's probably hardwired in because, like, all, all the achievements and all the time I put, put in there. Like, it's. Yeah, like, it's. it's yeah. There was a point where I was like that with PlayStation games as well for third-party stuff, and then it got like, to wow, the I'm point. Uh, the now time. I got an actual decent computer, and it's like, well, it it runs better on computer. I'm playing, having a better experience playing it on computer. I'll just get it there, and that's when my uh my obsession with trophies started dwindled. Yeah, down. everybody says it sort of doesn't really matter on Steam because I can't you just go into the back end of Steam and all types of games on PC and just sort of like unlock all the achievements anyway. I mean, you could probably just literally write some kind of like script to execute the achievements if you really wanted yeah, to, I guess but so. I, eh, like, like, what's the point? Yeah. What, what's the point in them? Like I, like what, exactly what Patrick said, I'll look at them and go, cool, that's a rare one. Like I, only 1% of people have this or you know, even less or whatever. And I'm like, oh cool. You know, that makes me feel kind of accomplished or that I've played way too much of that game, which is I will say one thing though, um, what Xbox started cool. to do a couple of years ago, if an achievement has under a 10% unlock rate, it's like a diamond achievement and it makes like a, it's so, so the normal sound is just like a ding sound. But this makes the ding with like a, the lack of a better, yeah, like a, like a, a, like a sparkle sound, but a sound. <laughs> And yeah, every time I hear it's it, so oh, good. Like I usually get serotonin from the, the achievement itself. But when it's that, and now you want to get the serotonin. No, no, no from it's just like a double the hit of serotonin. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, baby, there we go. That's it. That's the stuff. That's what Daddy needs. Yeah, I, no, I 100% agree. Because they started doing that stuff on the PC. Like, if you play a game through the um, Xbox app on PC, you can unlock achievements usually if it has achievements. So there was multiple games that I was playing where it's like, oh, cool, I could buy it on Steam. Or I could play it for the Xbox one and I can get the achievements. So I'd play it on the Xbox app uh, so I could get the mwah. achievements. So I could get that serotonin here. <laughs> so good. Cool. Well, hopefully that answers your question, Maxwell. Uh, also worth saying, uh, if you or someone you know uh, suffers like Steve, there are places you can talk to. There's BetterHelp and other mental health resources available online. Uh, 
It will get better. You so just you have, have to go into Xbox True right Achievements and now it's linked up with your gamer tags itself so you can actually hide which ones you don't need. I still need. bookmarked on my phone. It's so fucking good. Oh. You know, I enjoy. I, I really like the facts that um that when I said I got every platinum trophy for the Kingdom Hearts games, that Steve yelled <laughs> "Get help!" But I stayed very silent when he said he had a spreadsheet for Final Fantasy Thirteen, the worst Final Fantasy game. It's not the worst game. Final Fantasy. The worst. <laughs> okay, oh. no, no, stop, stop. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Fifteen 15's, exists. Fifteen is good. Yes. Um, fifteen is good. But let's look. Let's just. Uh, I, which was actually a which opinions? was actually a game I played I got, out, yeah, of I got well. out of spite. Out of spite. Oh, I I played it, completed it, and went. I never want to oh, touch this great. game again. And then yeah, I, no, I haven't oh. touched it since I haven't touched it since um the DLCs I came played out. Played again in 2019. Oh, so I good. tried to play it again recently, and I just got like PTSD within the first hour because it was on a Game Pass, and I was like, oh, it's the complete edition. Maybe they made they it did. not bad. They fixed up that part of the um, end. No, oh no, oh god, no! I don't think anything could fix that anyway. But no, they just just even like the first hour i was like this game is so boring it's just watch car drive that's what do you mean it. it's four boys and look anyway we could i could sit here arguing with you guys or final fantasy 15 exists in my heart you and have been wrong every time you have yeah. been that's what the last three minutes of this has i'm sitting here in silence <laughs> waiting for a moment to strike but no this, there is none you, you're okay, giving me cool. nothing to work I didn't with need here an Excel sheet for us um, to 100 final fantasy 15 <laughs> <laughs> Because the game's so simple. <laughs> Fucking mic drop and Doesn't walk even away, Steve. You won, okay? Is. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, ho- hopefully that answers your question, Maxwell. If anyone else out there listening uh, has a question that they would like us to discuss and then start yelling incoherently at each other about, feel free to write in. We have a mailbag. Uh, you can find us at fasttravellounge at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Facebook at fasttravellounge, although on Twitter we are missing one of the L's. Fast Travel Lounge sans L. Anyway, that brings us to the end of episode 9. Shall we do a very, very quick what we can look forward to next week? Starting with you, Josh. Yeah, I'm probably the different one on the <laughs> list. Um, probably, <laughs> probably more Monster Hunter Rise. But I'm Pokemon Arceus, great choice. <laughs> Steph, what yeah, about no, you? no, no. And Guilty Gear, Pokemon Guilty Gear. Pokemon Arceus and Final Fantasy fourteen. Excellent. Uh, Pokemon Arceus and hopefully finishing up Persona 4. And I will also be on the Pokemon Arceus train and probably continuing to play Monster Hunter Rise. All right, I'll see you boys on Tarkov. (laughs) (laughs) With that, we are at the end of episode nine. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with another episode of Fast Travel Lounge next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.